Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Third and One Fall, the magazine podcast giving you the update of NFL and pro wrestling. And this is a good one. This is a draft special. I am Ash, and with me, of course, like always, is my bro Abs. How's it going, man? You know what? I am. I feel so good about the draft and talking about <laughs> my team. You know what my mood is? Yeah. It is Vince what? McMahon in a do-rag. What up, G? <laughs> what up? Oh, God. Woo-hoo! This oh, is the first man. time you've been excited for a draft ever. And now you're going yeah. like, this is like Super Bowl levels. I mean, I mean, we will obviously talk about it when when we do. But I really feel like we've got a team that can compete now with the, the NFC South. And I think... Y'all going to the playoffs? Might, I think we might nick a place in the playoffs. I think we might okay. get in there in in, 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 in the last moments. What wild card, yeah? I'm, I'm, I'm looking at wild card, yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, how you been since? I've been all right. I've been all right. It's just, uh, you know, I was I was so, like, nervous about how the draft was going to go. Obviously, it was it was a, it was such a conundrum for my team because we were in such a a good position, but we were in such a an interesting position because obviously we've got so many things we need to address, so many, and we were obviously telling to other teams, "Hey, look, this is the price. If you want this spot, come and get it." And obviously, it was way too expensive for teams to trade up to number four. Because obviously, the GM, Terry Fontenot, goes, you, you better knock my socks off. You can have it, but knock my socks off. And so I was just thinking, okay, so if we pick Carl Pitts, then obviously he might be, you know, obviously he's the best player in the draft, but is he really what we need? Or are we just stockpiling a really, really good player? for no damn reason. But then when I look at my team, and when I look at the fact that Hayden Hurst, we're not going to pick up the fifth-year option on him, meaning he's going to be a free agent next year. I know a team uh, in South Beach that needs a tight end. Hello. We've got a tight end. Y'all can... Uh... not see his draft oh. too long. Oh, y'all, y'all, y'all got tight ends now, huh? But uh, yeah, I mean, what's he called? Not Kyle Pitts? I'm just going to call every tight end in the NFL not Kyle Pitts. Oh, that guy for Kansas, yeah. Not Kyle Pitts. Don't be daft. He's good. Don't be daft. He's good. Calm yourself down. You you know yeah, I'm going to be out down. of control, okay? And obviously, I've been reading Pro Football Focus, and you're giving me heat about that. I don't know why, because you haven't even heard... You go to the worst sources ever. ...say about my team and, 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 and your team. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, of course. All right, so... What we're going to do is we are going to go, we're going to kick it off. We're going to start with the draft and we're going to go up to 20. We're not going to go to the full first round. We're going to go up to 20 like we did with our muck draft. Uh, Of course, announced who was um, selected, which I'm sure is no surprise to all of you guys now who uh, have seen the draft. Um, And revise over who was our picks in the muck draft and then just give our few thoughts on each uh, player. All right, you ready? I'm ready to go, baby. Let's go. So, of course, the first uh, pick was Jags, uh, and they did select Trevor Lawrence, quarterback, and, of course, 
um, we both uh, predicted that, you know, this was no surprise. Um, so, yeah, we all knew this was going to happen. Uh, I'll be honest, despite him being first in the draft, um, there's no quarterback that actually blows me away. Yeah, he's a number one, um, but he has a big mountain to climb because, you know, Dragons are just terrible right now. But um, see, see, see what happens for him. But, yeah, number one, of course, no surprises there. Your thoughts? Um, yeah, look, it was probably, what, the worst kept secret in the entire NFL. I think he was, I think as soon as he had that sort of, I think, breakout year of freshman, he was destined for the NFL. He was destined to be a first-round pick. So it was a case of whoever finished rock bottom were going to get Kyle Pitts. They were going to... Um, why am I? Why have I got Kyle Pitts in the brain? <laughs> you can't help yourself. What's wrong with you, man? I know. Sorry, my bad. This one's on me. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. I'm. I am. I. 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 I apologize. You're wilding right now. I apologize. <laughs> um. But yeah, Trev. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. He, he'll. He'll do some stuff. Yeah. He'll be alright. Yeah. <laughs> good. Good on you, kiddo. <laughs> Jets. Uh, taking Zach Wilson. Uh, our predictions again were just the same. Something that was really pushed in the media. I had not heard anything from the Jets about Zach Wilson uh, at all. Um, so this really was pushed in the media. And at the beginning, I believed it. But towards the end, I became a bit sceptical because I was like, actually, where are these sources coming from? However, it seemed like it did manifest and Zach Wilson was the one that they was going to take. Um, your thoughts on that? Again, I think it was the worst kept secret. Actually, I think the first few kind of picks... Really? I think maybe 49ers kind of threw a wobbly and and, pick, and and decided to go with Trey Lance instead of instead of Mike Jones. But I think with Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence, they were always, not always, but I think kind of coming up, you know, towards the middle of, of like 2021. Because I remember, I think when the, the new year came in, it was kind of like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and Zach Wilson. And then for whatever reason, I don't know why, I can't explain it. I can't make it make sense. Justin Fields went down and Zach Wilson kind of like went up and all of a sudden he became like, yep, the Jets are going to go for him. Apparently he's got like Mahomes-like tendency when he plays. Apparently he's a he's a, a tricky little thing in the pocket and he'll make impossible plays. I think, yeah, you know what? If he can get hit the ground running, and obviously we'll talk about, you know, Elijah Vera Tucker. I mean, that's an excellent pick. If they can get the ground running in New Jersey, then the AFC East is going to be woo-wee. Well, that's the thing as well, just like with Trevor Lawrence, who have they got like to support the quarterbacks? So, I mean, yeah, they've got some other picks with that um but you know it's they've got a big mountain to climb you know so it's one of the things and i think from there on out um i don't think any of us are right going into the next <laughs> 18 now i think I'm you're a right, little bit right though. yeah i mean i'm yeah. looking at some of my picks i'm thinking i've got a spot on yeah so 49ers uh they picked trey uh trey lance we went with uh I went with Justin Field. You went with Mac Jones. They went with Trey Lance um, at the end. 
which I thought was a great pick by 49ers and uh, a great reveal. Um, now, it was consistently in the news. 49ers are going with Mac Jones, Mac Jones, Mac Jones. And I never saw it. It didn't make any sense to me. I always saw Mac Jones as a Patriot guy. Uh, but this was the narrative in the media. Uh, 49ers dealt their cards very, very well. Apparently, uh, when the media ran with the story, uh, John Lynch says that they just didn't bother correct them. All right, we're going with Mac Jones. Yeah, go on, keep saying that then. And that, you know, they held their cards close to their chest, which was great. Um, and it was only the last few weeks, it was between the two, right? That's when we started here. Okay, oh, well, no, Trey Lance is in a picture and it may be, it may be uh, Mac Jones and Trey Lance, but I think it'll still be, um, you know, Mac Jones. And then once it came about, it was, no, it was Trey Lance all along. That's all they wanted. You know, it was a, it was a, it was me, Austin. It was one of those type of reveals, right? Because uh, apparently when Shanahan went to Trey Lance's pro day, he was obsessed from then on. Um so that's uh, you know he was he was enamored by him couldn't stop looking at his tape, um, which is funny because Trey Lance is a massive tape junkie as well. Uh, now the concerning thing, of course, is that he doesn't have as much experience um, with the snaps uh, as much as other quarterbacks do. Uh, so they'll have a lot of work with that. Yeah, it does seem though that you know Jimmy G is going to stay to kind of help him. Uh, apparently, you know, Jimmy G was the first one to ring him, saying, welcome aboard, and I'll do whatever I can to help you. So that shows a bit of class from him. So, yeah, um, I, I, I'm sure they'll get over the lack of experience. But from what they see in Trey Lance, he'll be a good fit with 49ers uh, moving forward. Yeah, I think if they didn't pick Trey Lance, then we, the Falcons, would have would have picked him. I think that kind of played a part. And also, I think there was someone in 49ers HQ who wanted Mac Jones. And it did seem like for a while that they were going to go for Mac Jones. And I don't know if it's Carl Shanahan. I don't know if it's anybody else who kind of looked at Trey Lance and thought, actually, hold on. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I, maybe, maybe watch the Trey Lance tape again. Maybe well, we know that Carl Shanahan has a last say. He's like yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm sure Godfather. Carl Shanahan probably saw Trey Lance and thought, actually, hold on a minute, maybe he's better suited to us than Mac Jones, because obviously Mac Jones, he, he might have a good arm, he might be a, a good uh, standing quarterback, but you know Trey Lance can run with it. Trey Lance can move in the pocket. Trey Lance can. He's much more athletic. Maybe the accuracy he can work on that. I think Jimmy G is going to be the starting quarterback for the 49ers until he inevitably gets injured. And then Trey Lance can kind of come in and uh, pick up the uh, the mantelpiece and uh, take it from there. But no, Trey Lance is a, a very, very good pick. And yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do at the 49ers. Yeah. All right. So you're excited with... Uh, at number four, I thought Dolphins would trade up. They didn't, uh, and they'll get Kyle Pitts. He was uh, adamant that Falcons, if no one did a uh, reasonable trade, that they would stay and take Kyle Pitts. The Falcons did take Kyle Pitts, so much to my dismay and 
kind of to your surprise, I mean, you you didn't you you was like we will probably may trade. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if we did trade. So they didn't trade. Um, but again, not only to your surprise, to your to your delight as well. Uh, the trade didn't happen. Uh, however, um, am I surprised that Falcons went with Pitts? Absolutely not. You know, they got themselves a playmaker. I said he's the best playmaker in the, in the player in the draft. Better at his position than any QB in the draft is better at this. Um, so alongside Julio and Calvin Ridley, um, he'll be explosive. Of course, it depends on how Matt Ryan plays. Um, but I think Matt Ryan still has some juice in the tank. Uh, great pick from Falcons. Can't really argue with it, really. I'll be hypocritical <laughs> if I did. Um, so, yeah, just just one of the few one of the few drafts where I have to say kudos to the Falcons. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a theme when I'm talking about the Falcons, but I've been so impressed with Terry Fontenot. He looks like a guy who knows what he's doing. He's serious. He ain't playing around. I think in years gone by, we'd have probably given up that number four pick for Magic Beans and probably moved all the way with Chicago. We probably would have done that. It would not have surprised me at all if we did that in uh, years, years gone by. But I think we kind of made it clear to teams. Yes, we are open to negotiate. We are open to talk to anybody. But if you're not going to offer us what we need and what we want, look at what 49ers had to pay just to get that uh, number three spot. That's 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 the standard. That's that's the level that we're going to be aspiring to in terms of what we want. And if you're not giving us all of those first round picks and everything that goes with it, then you know what? We're good at number four. We're going to get a very good, incredible tier one college player, whether it be Trey Lance, whether it be Carl Pitts, hell, even Patrick Satan or, 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 or any of those other guys. It was a case of, yeah, we're going to be good here in this spot. And lo and behold, we've ended up picking the best player in this entire draft, Kyle Pitts. I think he is a generational talent. I think it's a magnificent pick. You know, you mentioned Julio Jones, and I do want to talk about that later. Obviously, we have to make sacrifices. I've said this for a long, long time about my Falcons. We're going to have to make tough choices about some of our premium talent and Julio Jones is incredible and I want him to be a a lifer forever and a day but now that we've got Carl Pitts in the door it kind of makes me think oh oh yeah yeah kind of Julio now. Take over. No, I've I've always been I've always been clear (laughs) with Julio. Y'all got your new toy and now you're like, it's not about Andy a new toy. story. I don't want to play with this anymore. Yeah. Look, yeah. we could end up being like brilliant buzz <laughs> of being like the best fandom ever. But look, I'm I'm being honest. I'm being realistic. Okay. <laughs> Miami had to do it when you had to get rid of your big earners, and I think it might look. I don't know if we do figure it out somehow, some way. And Julio can stay. I mean, because if Julio stays and we've got Calvin Ridley and Carl Pitts and Russell Gage and 
the other wide receiver nigga we didn't drafted for no damn reason. I don't even know why we had to draft another wide receiver. But if that's the case, then woo, we're going to shut down the NFL. I don't care. You might hang 30 on us. We finna hang 50 on y'all. That's how it's going to be. Yeah. It's Classic just like Atlanta. Vibes on vibes on vibes. In the words of Trey Young, our offense is about to be stupid. <laughs> stupid. We're going to have another vibes team in Atlanta. Atlanta Hawks, I think they're the biggest vibes team in the NBA. And I love them for it. And I think the Falcons is going to be another vibes team. But I say that, I think we picked some pretty good defenders. But, uh, you know, enough about me purring about my uh, Atlanta Falcons. And... Uh, yeah. Go to number five. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, Bengals, we, uh, you know, we, we, you, you made the correct choice with this one. I thought it would be Penai uh, Soho, uh, offensive tackle. Um, but you thought it would be Jamar Chase, which they did go with. Um, and I thought they would be sensible here. I don't know. Sensible may not be the correct word. Cautious. I thought they'll be cautious. Here, because we all know what happened to, to Joe Burrow towards the last stretch of the season. Uh, however, uh, one word from the grapevine was that he wanted to reunite with Jamar Chase. It kind of seemed like that was more the probability of where they was going to go. Um, and it seemed to me that they were content with the left tackle that they, you know, they got from free agency, and they wanted to add a playmaker, um, especially now that AJ Green has left. So they went with Jamar Chase. So. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm not mad at it. Makes sense. Um, your 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 thoughts? Yeah, I mean the the minute that story broke about Joe Burrow wanting to reunite with his um, LSU alma mater, Jamar Chase, I thought, yeah, he's gonna go up to head office and be like, yeah, look, draft my boy in. And obviously they're gonna be like, yeah, but don't don't you wanna live to tell the tale? Don't you wanna? survive but he's like i don't worry about it it's my friend we're gonna we're gonna hook up we're gonna we're gonna have good times and you know lsu and and all of that which uh brings us nicely in terms of uh reuniting it brings us to finally the number six pick yeah which uh i thought because of the swap dolphins would have been here and they would have picked Jamar Chase because they love the wide receivers. Uh, and you thought Dolphins would be sitting here, but they would be taking Penai so well. But they didn't take either of those. They went with Jane Waddle. And uh, I'll admit, Waddle wasn't on among the top players. I said that it would be it should be Pitts, if not Pitts, then Chase, if not Chase, then Sewell. Uh, so Waddle wasn't amongst the top players I had in mind. I kind of went with the... Well, I don't know if that's about media bandwagon, but I was looking at even uh, Dolphin journalists on who possibilities Miami would go for, and none of them was mentioned in Waddle. Um, however, he was the guy that they wanted all along, apparently. I don't know whether they're just saying that just to save face because obviously Chase had gone already, so they had to say, oh, yeah, yeah, he was all we wanted all along. Who knows? Who knows? But, um, you know, it kind of makes sense. It kind of checks out. That's why they went down to number six. Um, other Dolphins and I, uh, Dolphins fans and I were obsessed 
with the prospect of getting Cal Pitts and Najee Harris. We'll go into the latter later. <laughs> but, you know, Chris Gear and uh, Brian Flores were all up in their vibes. Thinking, mm, no. you know what? They, they were actually. They said, without giving anything up, there's so many great plays in the draft that we're happy with whoever sits at six. No, we take anyone. That that was up in their vibes, whether you believe it or not. Wasn't reassuring to me, but I see now that maybe it was kind of a ruse because, you know, Greer, Greer is a big believer in BPA. And if Waddle did go, then um, they would have gone to the next best player by their standards. Um, but, you know, did they go with the best player? Did they go with the guy that they wanted all along? Who knows? They say that they did. I don't. I can't. I I can't have a look at their their score sheet. But yeah, Waddle really caught my attention when uh, you know Devonte Smith. He, he mentioned that if Waddle played because he was injured in the last season, but if he played, then he would have been the Heisman Trophy winner. Um. So that was like, okay, you know, I almost did a Michael Jordan picking up my uh, headphones there and thinking, and then I started to look at tape and dude is. I haven't seen anyone as fast as him in, in college anyway. His speed is ridiculous. You know, I want to was... see him and Calvin Ridley have a race. Yeah, yeah. Like He was injured majority of last season, but for the first four games, four games alone, he had 25 catches, 557 yards and four touchdowns. That's ridiculous in four games. So, you know, I think he came back for the championship game as well when he had around three catches for 34 yards. So the fact is, He's a playmaker. Was it a playmaker that I had in mind? But he's still a playmaker. So, you know, you have to You're doing you have to the typical Miami Dolphin thing and you're looking a gift horse in the mouth. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Jalen Waddle, in my opinion, is the best wide receiver in this draft class. And you've got him. This is an outstanding pick for Miami. Absolutely outstanding. And I think I believe the story of you wanting him all along. I, he's perfect for that. Yeah, I think he checks out. I think you wanted him all along. I think you did want an Alabama wide receiver, but it wasn't Devontae Smith. It was Jalen Waddle. This boy is rapid. He is quick. He's a playmaker. You guys badly needed a wide receiver because I look at your wide receiver core and if you guys want to go to that next step, which is the playoffs and beyond, you guys need to fix up. Let's see if Will Fuller can, you know, be fit and 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 and, and make stuff happen. But when I saw your wide receiver group from last year, that was the one thing that stood out in Miami. Yarling got no playmakers. Devontae Parker is a nice wide receiver, but he's not next level. I don't even know who the rest of the other guys were, but all I kept seeing... Well, we got Jakeem Grant, we got, you know, uh, Preston Williams. We've got, we got people that can... Mediocre. Mediocre at best. You guys need top, top players. Remember, this is you need to go to the next level. Because obviously the Bills are good. The Patriots... Got some pretty good players in free agency and in the uh, uh, the draft. The Jets drafted well. They're gonna be coming coming breathing down your neck. 
So you guys need to assert your authority in that division. I think you will. I think it's going to be, you know, my Dolphins and the Bills. And, you know, if the Patriots and the Jets strike lightning in a bottle, then they might compete with you guys. But this was the pick that you guys needed in terms of wide receivers. Obviously, you were saying that you were definitely not going to draft Penisal due to some of the signings you made, I think, in free agency and, and, and picked up some uh, tackles along the way. So then that kind of left you guys with, if Jamar Chase was going to go to the Bengals, then it was going to be J- Jalen Waddle and Jalen Waddle alone. And I, was oh, no, I, I thought we would have got Saul. I thought he would have been a third pick. I said yeah, it. I, I said mean, Pitts, uh, Chase and Saul. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, like I said, I've said this many times about the Dolphins. You guys are running a sensible ship. This is using your common sense, using your brains. It might not be the fancy pick. It might not be the glamorous pick. But sometimes you've got to pick what you need instead of what you want. You may have wanted Kyle Pitts. But you need Jalen Waddle. And obviously we'll go to number eighteen. Like you may have want you may have wanted Najee Harris, but you need Jalen Phillips. So Do if about picking players we'll discuss that. You need then what you want. We will discuss that. I'll tell you what we need as a Dolphins fan. <laughs> you just relax and wait right there. We'll get to that. Seven, Detroit. So uh, I thought Patriots would make a move up because they haven't what, been 15. <laughs> Shit, they haven't been 15 in a long time, right? So I thought they would have used their advantage of being in 15 and go slightly higher, but they didn't. They stayed where they were um, to get their guy. Um, but you thought Detroit would have taken Devontae Smith. They didn't. They went with Penai Saul. Um so someone who I thought was almost certain the Dolphins would take if we didn't get Kyle Pitts or uh, any other wide receiver was Pinay Sewell. Uh, you know, Sewell, he snuffs out elite rushes off the edge, displays strength. Um, he has the power to move defenders off the ball. Considered scheme-friendly fit for really any system. Great pick from the lines. Um, one of my uh, top picks for the draft. So, yeah, well done. I'm, I mean, they need to obviously protect Goff, so... I mean, I, I, I had a... F- well, I didn't. But um, it's good that the, the Detroit Lions are saying to Jared Goff, okay, look, we're going to give you uh, someone to protect you. Down the line, we're going to draft you a wide receiver, which they did. I think Amon Ra St. Brown was drafted by the Lions. Love that name. Amazing name. He should have gone earlier just for that. I think Pro Football Focus even had him in like a... Never mind, never mind, never mind. I won't mention Pro Football Focus until later. But uh, yeah, I mean, with uh, Detroit, yeah. I bet they couldn't believe their luck that Panay Sewell just fell onto their lap at number seven. They had to, man. Jared Goff's going against Khalil Mack twice. They had to. Yeah, and it was one of those where, okay, Bengals didn't pick him. Okay, Dolphins didn't pick him. (laughs) Damn, then we'll just have him and we'll... uh, you know, it, it would just fall, fall onto, fall onto our laps. Yeah. 
Um, all right, and then with uh Panthers, so I thought uh they would take Rashawn Slater. Uh, your pick was Patrick Satan, the second, but they went with JC Horn, so a lot earlier than we both thought he would be at. Um, now despite getting the play wrong, we both had our finger on the pulse in regards to what I, um, a lot of analysts thought, which was that they would possibly get a quarterback, but they didn't. Um, Great corner. Um, again, went earlier than I thought, but fair enough. Uh, Panthers saw that and they took him. Uh, what do you think? Um, I knew, well, I'm shocked that Patrick Satan wasn't the first defender to go off the board. Um, I thought he was going to be him. But yeah, JC Horn's a good cornerback. Cornerback seems to be the vogue with NFL teams these days. Everybody is, is getting a corner. I think I feel like at least every team drafted a corner in 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 this draft, but um, no, it's a good pick. He's a good player. Uh, it's going to be fun watching him go against Kyle Pitts. You know, that's a, a rivalry that could uh, simmer up. I do think Kyle Pitts is a mismatch for just about anybody in the NFL, but let's see what J.C. Horn can uh, do because we're going to be facing him twice. So, yeah, bring it on. <laughs> and then uh, at nine, uh, for the Broncos, we both picked Trey Lance, you know, because they kind of need a quarterback. But they didn't. They went with Patrick Sertain, the second cornerback. And, um, you know, they, they, they decided to undercut the Cowboys, take Patrick Sertain, which we well know, that was who the Cowboys. That was who the Cowboys wanted. You know that. I know that. Stop playing. And I'll just come out and I'll come out and say it. Right. Broncos have been pricks throughout this whole draft. Drew Locke isn't doing jack shit for them. They go with Patrick Satan, despite their defense being pretty decent. Right. Pretty decent. Then later on in the second round, they undercut my Dolphins to get Javante Williams when they already have... Trade for it. No, they already have Melvin Gordon who almost got a 1,000 yards last season. They they know damn well they didn't need Javante Williams. It's like they had no game plan except just to piss teams off. Made no sense because none of the teams they undercut are in the division anyway. So it wasn't like we were major uh, competitors with them. But yeah, anyway, they went with Patrick Sotain. Great player. Just a shame that he went to those bitch-ass Broncos. Okay, please, please, please. Come on. Let's, let, let's, let's be nice here, all right? Be let's nice about be what? Nice. They started the war. Look, okay, I, look, I'm playing devil's advocate here, okay? Look the devil doesn't need coach. an advocate. He's evil enough. Look at their coach, Vic Fangio, all right? This guy is a defense. It's all about, you know what won them the Super Bowl a couple of years ago? Defense. Defense wins championships. Period. And if they're building, if they want, if they want to show Aaron Rodgers what he could be having potentially, then you've got to try and get the best players possible. And you're saying that they undercut the Cowboys. I'm not seeing the Cowboys complaining about their pick. Patrick Satan no, is wanted. incredible. Cowboys are definitely complaining. 
Well, Cowboys are definitely complaining. They wanted Patrick Satan. It was known. Michael you know Parsons. that. For goodness sake, man. Michael Parsons I don't care that if you wanted, again, teams, you know what? I'm not mad if teams are undercutting in this draft. If you want something, we're going to talk about it in the next pick, actually. If you want something, if they, if you believe there's a player there that you want and he's on the table, go and get him. Don't wait and leave it to chance. No, if you're no. not number nine, be number there is nine. no chance. There, there, that wasn't chance. That wasn't chance. That was okay. You know what? Looking at the other teams that are ahead of us, their needs aren't the player that we need, so it's fine. We should be okay. Not ah, yeah. Do you know what? Our defense is all right, but we're going to take another defensive player for as absolutely no reason at all, just to piss off Fingy. That's ridiculous. That's not by chance. I actually that think low key Denver, Denver might make the playoffs this season. Who? Low key. I think them. I think Broncos might be in the playoffs if they and 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 they've got what Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. So if they don't, for whatever reason, get Aaron Rodgers, apparently he's Mrs. owns a property in Colorado. So uh, I mean, look, if 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 they don't if they if they don't get Aaron Rodgers, I think Teddy Bridgewater is a decent hand. And I keep yeah, I, I keep you know emphasizing this point. Look who their coach is. That doesn't matter. I mean, look, I know we both said that literally doesn't pick, matter. Uh, a quarterback, but yeah, exactly. Patrick well then, well then. Look at their knees. Yeah, I know. Look at their knees. I know. Look at I their knees. <laughs> look, I get it. But obviously, Trey Lance was gone at this point. Trey Lance was gone. So if he was an option for them, forget about it. And who knows? Denver may have tried to move up with us. But they were like, yeah, we're not going to give up what we have. It's then Matt Jones, you know what I mean? Then Matt Jones, right? Because then we would say, oh, because then that wouldn't be looking as undercutting Patriots because that is a need for Broncos. But what I'm saying you about see, the undercutting is, look, I get it, right? Undercutting Dallas is when you want... go for a player that you know a team wants and you didn't need that or you, you would have been fine. You don't think they need a cornerback? Huh? You don't no. think they need a corner? Not necessarily. That wasn't their main... Not a, not a first-round pick, anyway. For Broncos, no. Did you well, see according, what... Well, according to pro football focus... Who cares what <laughs> pro football focus is? <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, I, I, have, I have no idea. I ain't, I ain't no idea what pro football focus say about Denver and their needs. <laughs> However, look. If... I keep emphasizing the point. I know Dallas Cowboys wanted a cornerback, all right? It was one of their biggest needs to fix up that secondary. Hell, we need to fix up our secondary. So it was one of those where... It's one of those where in the top 20, there are exceptional players. I think Denver are pretty sweet when it comes to offense. Got a little bit sweeter by picking okay, the number one. So they did. Pack. So they. So they did. So they did undercut Dolphins then. So you know what? I don't care about your team. They can, <laughs> if, you that spot, if you wanted okay. that spot, you should have okay. traded for it. You should have traded for it. You should have seen okay. it coming. And besides, I don't think Miami even drafted a running back because again, yeah, I don't think that's. I don't think that was your biggest need. Yeah, yeah eventually did. in the sixth yeah, round. In the seventh round, yeah. In the Jerry sixth, seventh Jones. round. So I think I think I think uh, Flores looked at your depth chart and thought, yeah, we don't really need to get a running back in the early rounds. Yeah, he's wrong. But, yeah. but uh, yeah, you know what? Big up to Denver. This is an 
excellent pick for them. Patrick Satan, a good defense, just got even better. And yeah, they're going to be my sleeper team for this season. Uh, at number 10, because uh, what happened uh, messed everything up. Dolphins then... Uh, then uh, No, Dolphins, sorry. Dallas then traded with Eagles. Eagles moved up. So um, Dallas then went to the 12th spot. Eagles went to the 10th spot. Um, we thought it, uh, Cowboys would still be there. Uh, I had them taking Patrick Satan. You had them taking JC Horn. But Eagles were in that place and they went with Devontae Smith. Uh, something we did not expect. But of course, with the shenanigans of the Broncos, uh, probably led to this. Um, Eagles taking Devontae Smith. Uh, we both thought that we were going to take Waddle. Uh, so still the same position, just a different player. We gave our thoughts on Smith after we thought he may be a potential for the Dolphins. Great explosive player. Weight needs to be put on, but hey, who knows? Maybe he'll prove us wrong. I'd be just fine. He's really just um, eat all the cheesesteaks in the world, baby. And yeah, put that way exactly. On. They still need to improve their offense. Um, and I don't think, you know, him alone will do that, but they made the right first choice anyway. By taking I don't know. Smith. I mean, they've they've um. Oh, who's number thirteen for the Eagles wide receiver? I keep forgetting his name, but he had a pretty okay season. I think he was a rookie as well. That hurts. I think if he's back fully fit again, that'll be another good option for the Eagles. Yeah, this was a, a good pick. I mean, I'm I'm so against trading with your division rival. Yeah, I would never. I would never Done be the deal with that. the devil. Yeah. Hell no. I mean, Jerry Jones was probably so pissed off about, you know, missing out. So he just thought, ah, sod it. We'll just uh, move a little bit back. And hopefully a player that we like will still be on there. And yeah, it was. But no, this is a good pick for the Eagles. I'm happy for Devontae Smith that he went pretty high up in the uh, draft, top 10. Um, Yeah, I I had him in my top 10 as well at the very least. So yeah, I'm happy that... His weight didn't prove to be an issue for the Eagles. And yeah, he's a playmaker. He's a playmaker. He'll make things happen. And yeah, good luck to him. Yeah. Uh, Bears are 11 now. So they did a deal with uh, New York Giants um, where they would have been 20, but New York Giants took the deal and went to 20, taking the Bears spot. Uh, So Bears moved up. They were aggressive. Uh, we thought Giants would have stayed there and uh, uh, I thought they would have taken Devontae Smith, but it was the Eagles. You thought they would have taken Michael Parsons. Bears moved up and they took Justin Fields. Um, and you know what? You know, I thought the Bears would take uh, someone on the offense, but I thought they would have taken a wide receiver in uh, Kadarius Towney, which uh, later on we found that's who the Giants took um, at 20. But I like this. In fact, it was a better pick I had predicted for them. Um, I think they learned their lessons with quarterback. They they passed on Patty Mahomes and they got Trubisky thinking he would be their guy. Clearly didn't work and they got it wrong. Um, just recently, the quarterback, the quarterback carousel between Trubisky and Big Dick Nick just wasn't working out either. So... You know, they just had to be bold with it. And they 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 went and got their main eventer. Um, so good for them. I've always liked Justin Fields. We mentioned it in the last pod that 
he's had a bad rap for whatever reason that we've just, you know, I think it's just been um, silly, to be honest with you, and frivolous. Um, so I think he'll do well there. I think picking him has possibly saved Mike Nagy's job. Um, so yeah, well done. Well done, Biz. Yeah, shoot your shot. Players play, shoot or shoot. I think the Bears clearly wanted to move up, probably tried to go into the top 10, but the price was way too expensive. They've, what, given the Giants a first round, one first round pick? I believe and, so. I, I don't know. The uh, yeah, full. one first round pick, one second and one third or something like that. I think it's a price worth paying to get Justin Fields. I think uh, we were talking about, you know, whether Mac Jones or Justin Fields is going to go first or second or whatever, and Justin Fields ended up going. I think he's a, a good fit. I think uh, Nagy plays West Coast offense. I think you were talking about how West Coast offense would suit Justin Fields. I think Chicago is going to be a, a good a good spot for him. There was no way that uh, you're going to do anything with Dalton and... and uh, Nick Foles, yeah, you're not, you're not going to do anything with, with them. Really, really good pick, really, really aggressive. I liked it a lot. And yeah, they, they got what they could afford. And that was that. They, the, the, the price was too expensive to move up to inside the top 10 and try and talk to the teams. Because if I'm, if I'm Falcons, I'm not even going to begin to negotiate with the Bears unless I've got, what, three first-round picks and Khalil Mack, put that on a plate for us, and and maybe we'll talk. But with the Giants, it's a, it's a price worth paying. So yeah, no, this is really good move from the Bears, and yeah, I'm re- I'm really happy that um, the epilepsy stuff didn't really affect too much, and I'm really happy that the Bears were aggressive to get him because I once I thought the epilepsy stuff came out, and then. I started to think hmm, maybe maybe teams are looking at it and thinking, yeah, I don't know, maybe the epilepsy is going to affect. But they looked at it and thought it's it's going to be absolutely fine. I think Justin Fields even said that it's going to be manageable. And the older I get, the more of a handle I'm going to get on uh, on the epilepsy. So uh, no, I'm really happy that they were really aggressive for him. He's a black quarterback, so you know, get paid, black man. There we go. Uh, Chargers stayed at 13. Uh, I thought they would take JC Horn, but of course he went much earlier. Uh, you thought Rashawn Slater uh, would be taken, and he was. So correct one for you, Abs. I'm surprised he actually fell this far in the draft, to be honest. I thought he would have gone much earlier to the Panthers, but uh, this is a great steal for the Chargers to say that he dropped at 13. What do you see? Yeah, I mean... This is a good, 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 good pick for uh, Herbert. I think, obviously, they, they like him a lot. This is a really good um, pick so that they can protect him. Rashawn Slater has all of the the kind of the minerals, the, all of the the tangibles to be a really good player in this league. So, yeah, again, really, really good pick. One for Justin Herbert. And... Yeah, I mean, could he have gone earlier? Perhaps, but there's, like I said, there's just so many good players to choose from. Like, you, you don't, like, I'm I'm not surprised at the top 10, there weren't any trades in and around top 10 because 
you're going to get a really good player on to fall on your lap. You don't really have to do a, a great deal. It's like it's all good. It's all good in the hood. Like you don't, you don't really have to like chill. A good player will fall on your lap, and that's what the case with with Rashawn Slater. Yeah. And then 14, uh, Vikings ended a deal with the Jets. So Jets moved up to 14 and Vikings moved into the Jets spot just outside of 20 mark. Um, I thought Vikings would stay there um, and they'll get quitty pay. Um, I think you believe they would have got Elijah Vera Tucker, right? Yeah, Elijah Vera Tucker at 14, yeah. Yeah, um, so he did He did go there. Um Good, but but it wasn't with the Vikings. It was with the Jets. Um, smart decision for for Jets. Um, I I I like Elijah Vera Tucker. Uh, I don't know if I had him draft. Did I did I have him? No, so I, I don't I don't think I actually had him in the top twenty. But I did like him as a player. I just didn't know if he'll be a good fit for any team. But um. You know, you thought he would be for the Vikings. He's with the Jets. What do you think of that move? I think this is an excellent move by the Jets. Really, really good. You know, staying in, getting a another first round pick. You know, you got your quarterback. You're getting a an offensive tackle to to go with that quarterback. I think it's a an incredibly smart move by the the Jets. And honestly. If these two, Elijah Vera Tucker and Zach Wilson, if they can really hit the ground running, if they can get the ball rolling, then boy, oh boy, if we thought the NFC East is the NFC least, then the AFC East can be like completely, it's like night and day. And it's one of those where, yeah, like I said, if they get the, if they hit the ground running, Elijah Vera Tucker and Zach Wilson, you know, if, if they can get, one of the offensive players to really get going, then man, they can they can they can really make some noise in in this league and surprise a lot of people. Yeah, I mean they ain't going to the uh, to the playoffs, but they they might could be too really, soon for all that. They 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 definitely could be um, hit the ground running at least. Um, and then at fifteen. Uh, you know, because of of course, I thought that they would make the trade, and so they would swap the Lions. I thought Lions would be here taking Micah Parsons, but it was <clears throat> Patriots um, that were still here. You thought they would take Justin Fields. I said that they would take uh, Matt Jones. So I was wrong about the Patriots moving up uh, because they didn't have to. But I was correct with who they would draft, and I said it time and time again. I can't see Matt Jones going anywhere other than the Patriots. You know, he's your quincentennial Patriots player. White, clean cut, <laughs> a little cocky, right? You saw that photo with him with his dad bodding him with the cigar. You know, as a as a quarterback, I mean I'm not saying he's the next Tom Brady, obviously, but similar moves in drop back and pass, uh good pocket presence, good arm, slightly more mobile than Brady. Um but I just think he's the perfect fit. And, uh, you know, you saw him coming out. You know, he said that this is who you wanted all along. And, you know, he got the crowd riled up and pissed off. Just like almost ah. all Patriot <laughs> players do. So perfect fit. 
um, yeah, they, they got their guy. What do you thought? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, the saying, once you go black, you never go back. I think <laughs> they just looked there and thought, yeah, we're going to go back. And I do think if Cam Newton doesn't hit the ground running pretty quickly, then Mac Jones is probably going to come in. Yeah, I mean, I, he he really is the, the, the quintessential New England Patriot quarterback. It's kind of yeah. like, you know, the younger model, like I got rid of Tom Brady, so I'm going to get the younger version. Yeah, and yeah, he, he's, he's. You know what? You like, can't get. You can't. You can't get over. Uh, get over uh, breaking up with your ex. So you go for a girl that's just exactly the same. Or it's similar like life. in uh, Friends <laughs> when uh, Rachel's trying to make Ross jealous, so she yeah. dates a guy called Russ, <laughs> and he talks like Ross, and everything is is, is exactly like this. Yeah, um, and look, you know what? He's a good quarterback. I rate <laughs> Mac Jones highly. I fully expected him to kind of be involved within the kind of mix. I think, you know, Tate doesn't lie. Dude's got an arm. He's accurate. He could throw the ball. Yeah. And yeah, I think I think this is a, a good pick for the um New England Patriots. And um then we go to sixteen, the Cardinals who didn't move, they stayed where they were. I thought oh no, we both thought they would take Caleb Farley um cornerback because they've really been um, focusing on the defense. Um, and although they did take the defense, they took someone else, Zayvon Collins, who I was a bit surprised with. Didn't really know much about him pre-draft, but um, from what he can do is he, he, he puts up uh, good defensive numbers. Similar to that of Michael Parsons. Um, what are your thoughts? Did we talk about Michael Parsons and the Cowboys? Um, did we talk about them, I feel like we skipped them. I think we did, you know. I think we did. Cowboys, yeah. We went straight to charges. <laughs> we went straight to charges. So, I mean, we're speaking about Michael Parsons in relation to let's uh, talk about, uh, uh, Ari- about yeah. Arizona, Cardinals. yeah. So, um, and then we'll link it in with, with Michael Parsons and him at uh, Cowboys. So, sorry about those Cowboys fans. Um, but yeah, what do you think about Caleb Farley? At, uh, sorry, Zayvon Collins at Cardinals. Um, I mean, he's a good linebacker. Obviously, Michael Parson was the one that was getting the the rave. But no, this is a pretty smart pick. Arizona are picking a, a really really good team here. They look like they're going to really try and compete with uh, the 49ers and the Seahawks and the Rams in that division. And yeah, good good smart pick. Yeah, I think I think they're probably going to take it now. I think you made a prediction a little bit one season too early with them taking the NFC West, but now with what they're doing, I think they're doing they're going to be amazing. Uh but yeah, links us to uh the 12th uh pick which was the Cowboys taking Michael Parsons, so yeah, sorry we missed that out. So yeah, we thought Eagles will be here at this point, and we've and we both said that they take Jane and Waddle, but they didn't. They took Devontae Smith. We took Waddle. I was, I was Dolphins fans, uh, and Cowboys made a deal with the devil, i.e. their arch rivals, and traded with the Eagles to do that. Um, and as I mentioned before, Patrick Satan was who I thought was going to go to the Cowboys, uh, but he already went at this point, um, and so I was curious who would they take. They took Michael Parsons. And I feel that was a great pick. It seemed like Dan Quinn had his fingers all over Cowboys draft picks as they addressed the Cowboys' defensive woes. 
with really the majority of the picks that they had. Um, I thought, you know, Jerry being Jerry, he just couldn't help himself and try and get another offensive playmaker and have something to talk about to the reporters and on and on, on his radio station. But he was sensible. He goes, actually, no, do what you need to do and I'll, I won't get in the way. And um, there they are with their first pick in the draft, Michael Parsons. What did you think? Yeah, look, Dan Quinn ain't shit as a head coach, but I think he's a good defensive coach. And yeah, the the Cowboys draft has his imprints all over it. I think I think Jerry Jones has given him carte blanche to, you know, get whoever you want. It's one of those. Okay, is that what you want? Okay, fine. We didn't get Patrick Sertan. Fair enough. We're gonna get the best linebacker in this whole whole draft and one of the best defenders overall for me. I think Micah Parsons is very very good. I think he's. Um, he might have a bit of attitude problems, but I think it's you know well documented that Jerry Jones likes his bad boys. So if he can get a tune, if he can get a tune out of uh, Michael Parsons, then it could be a hell of a, a hell of a pick. But yeah, you know what? Good luck with that pick. Obviously, Dan Quinn. It didn't work out in Atlanta, but yeah, good good luck to him. I I hope I hope he does well in uh, at the Cowboys. He's a demanding place and you know if Mike McCarthy messes up long enough then uh, Dan Quinn could be one step closer to uh, managing America's team there we go and uh, going back to where we were at 17 the Raiders so I thought they'd take Jeremiah Asuwu Karuma linebacker you thought they'll take Gregory Rousseau they didn't they took Alex Leather Leatherwood offensive tackle um, that was baffling to me, to be honest with you. I, I have no idea um, why or what they were doing. I don't think their draft was particularly great anyway. And looking at analyst evaluations, nor did they think the same. Um, I don't know what you've got to add to it. Yeah, I mean, the Raiders, the Raiders were really underwhelming in this draft. Really <laughs> underwhelming. I'm looking, yeah, across the board. It wasn't, I don't, I've, I've never even heard of this. Uh, Alex Netherwood, Leatherwood, nah, whatever, you are, whatever you are, want to call him, but I've, I've never heard of him. And yeah, he's he's not really gonna pull up any trees. And yeah, Pro Football Focus gave the Raiders a C grade for their uh, draft, so you could uh, a C imagine wow. higher than I thought it'd be. Well, it's it's well, C kind of represents as mediocre, doesn't it? I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to be getting C's across the board. I don't know. Maybe because I'm looking at it through academia, and I'm thinking, ah, shit, C's C's all right. You know, you want to get an A, B, or C, right? No, Minimal. man. No. The hell yeah. kind of academia are you thinking about? Well, I wasn't an academic person anyway, but you know. Me, I well, mean... me neither. But I, I, I know a C is a pretty not great grade. What? Yeah, take... it is. A, B, or C. That's what you want to get with the top three. A, B, or C. You don't want to get yeah, but... D, E's or anything like that. If you got a C, you know you're like, okay, D's you just pass. scrape the bottle. Yeah. D's a pass. You know D's that, a right? pass, but, but C is the bottom. You still don't want a D, despite a D being a pass. You still don't C's want C's a... what, 50%? Yeah, exactly. Normally. Yeah. I don't even well, know what it is now, because they've all changed it. Yeah, they don't mix they, it up. It's, it's all numbers know. now. Yeah, so I don't know like, what these what? kids be getting, yeah. What numbers? Yeah, we get nine or I'm like, yeah, you guys are funny. 
<laughs> yeah, your kids gonna come up to you and be like, "Yeah, dad, I got an eight. Yeah, Get me like, what, a does car or what does that mean? What is that? What is it? Was yeah, yeah, I got yeah. an eight. Give me a car. I got a seven. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, and then we go to eighteen uh, with the Dolphins. Um, I thought that they would be good um, and take Najee Harris. Um, we both thought that they didn't. They took Jalen Phillips edge from Miami University. So here we are. Najee, Najee Harris is waiting for us. And instead, we take edge playmaker Jalen Phillips. Um, and it seems like Miami are loving dudes with the name Jalen, apparently. Uh, no, I mean, to be fair, it, it, of course, it's more than that. He was a beast and the best pass rusher in the draft. A uh, total of 45 tackles eight sacks and one interception last year. Um, and, you know, we've got Josh Allen twice a year. We've got to make him uncomfortable. Um, am I completely happy with it? I'll mention that in my grading, but it could be worse. Let's put it this way. You've just said that you've drafted the best pass rusher in the NFL and you're talking like you've just drafted, I don't know, a sixth rounder. What? What are you talking about? I just are come you, up with a stuff. I just said it was a beast. I just said it was a beast. Come on, smile. I said it was a beast. Give me energy. Give me energy, man. What else do you want? I ain't going to give you more than that. I want what, energy, what, nigga. What, what? I don't need to give you energy. I said that we took, okay, he was the best push us. Am I saying now that our defense is completely amazing now because we've taken a defensive player who is injury prone. No, I ain't going to give you more than what I've given you. That was it. I I, I don't romanticize drafts. My turn. Well, whew. you say that, you're going to see me with my Carpets 8 jersey in the next episode. I'm getting that jersey straight away. But, um, <laughs> okay. You know what? Like, balance. Okay? The key to any successful draft, to any successful team is balance. You, by some miracle, have been given two first round picks in the top 20 in one of the most stacked draft classes I think I can ever remember, or at least since I've been a fan. There is no way in hell a sensible, competent coach is going to draft a wide receiver and a running back within those first 20. There's going to be balance. You're going to pick one offensive player, really good offensive player, and you're going to pick one really good defensive player. Could you have picked a better defensive player? Maybe. Could you have picked, I don't know, someone else that you might have a need for in defense maybe but there's like i mean i don't know all right maybe you probably know this better you than don't me. know in terms no, of you like don't know. teams I'm in the first you. round who will have two picks are they going to pick two like offensive players like a wide receiver and a running back that's not balanced at all like, where's the balance you gotta have one really good player on one side of the pitch and one really good player on the other side of the pitch you just so happen to pick a really good wide receiver. And by your own admission, you've just happened to pick a really good edge rusher who's going to get close to the quarterback. You're going to be playing Josh Allen 
Zach Wilson, Mac Jones or Cam Newton, you know, competent enough quarterbacks. So you're going to have to touch the quarterback. You're going to have to, you know, get close. They, you know, that pass rusher has got to look at that quarterback and think, you know, look, nigga, you food. You, that's how he's got to be. And from from a balance point of view, I totally understand what Miami did. I totally get it. This is a great pick at 18, getting a, an edge rusher. Fantastic pick. Okay. So what was our defense ranked last year? Do you know? I don't know. Miami defense. Let me go look it up on Pro Football Focus. I'll tell you right now. We were we were top five defense last year. Now you're going to be top two. How? What What was our offense? What do you think our offense were ranked last year? Do you think we were top five again? No. Hell no. Okay. All right. Hell no. Hell yeah, no. Hell you say hell no. Hell no. And yet you're trying to tell me about balance. Nia, please. We've got what we need for balance. The balance will be to make a number five offense just like we have a number five defense. That's the balance. And we didn't do that. Okay. We added another playmaker. He may be, all right, despite riddled with injuries. But we added a piece to an already explosive defense, which people were gushing over last season. Um, so that's why, um, you know, and I'll, and I'll go into our grading, I'll go into our grading, um, later on, but that's why I'm like, okay, fine. But if we need to make our offense explosive, we, uh, shit, I'll I'll wait until I come up with this. I'll, I'll wait until I explode and y'all be chances later on. (laughs) All right. 19. Washington football team. Jameen Davis was picked. I thought it would be Cullen Mond, which I still think would have been a better fit for them, but they passed up on that and Vikings got him instead. And, uh, yeah, Fitzpatrick is... Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick, the the ultimate journeyman, ain't staying there for long. We know that. It would have been daft to pick a a quarterback. And so between those two quarterbacks, how many of them gone to the playoffs? Well, neither was Kellen Mond. None of them. Heine. Heine. What about Heine? You're doing amazing, sweetie. Did you not see him against the paint? How many um, of them won a box? Yeah. Did did he win? I had my phone out. You're doing... He did amazing, though. You're doing amazing, sweetie. They they didn't win. I'm getting my phone. So that's what I'm trying to say. How many of them have won a playoff? So we go back to the same thing. Zero. Kellen Mond would have been great fit. Great fit for a Washington football team, but they decided to go with uh, the journeyman and another guy who, okay, he had a great playoff game, but he's a win is a win and loss is a loss at the end of the day. We don't go by sentiments in the NFL. He's but British, the, ain't he? Who? The uh, the pick for Washington. He's British. I think he's British. No, nah. the only British players that I know of is Jamie um, Davis. Is Essie. And um, the two British team players that I know of are in the Bills, unless I'm unless I completely overlooked him. But no, sorry, yeah, no, I could have sworn I've read the only two British players that I know is in the Bills. What happened to that nigga that used to play for the Dolphins? 
That was from here. JHI. What happened to him? JHI. Yeah, he went into gaming. That nigga's doing Fortnite and shit now. There's money in that though, man. There's money in that. So, there we go. But yeah. Um, yeah, your thoughts on it? I don't know. I mean, I've just gave my thoughts on it. Again, they're a, they're a good defensive team. They're probably going to get a lot better. I think the NFC least is there to be won. And, you know, if it's a case of, yeah, if we can, if we can, you know, bolster our defense and make it even better than it is, because at the end of the day, defense wins championships. It's as simple as that. Defense wins championships. And if we can get a good defensive player in the top 20, sure, why the hell not? And uh, this looks like a, a decent pick for um, WFT. Uh, and then, of course, um, the last pick of our uh, review, the 20th one, was uh, the Giants with their trade with Chicago. And, um, you know, we thought it was the Bears still there. Um, and I thought the Bears would take um, Kadarius Tony. You thought they would take Rashad Bateman. I was right, but just with the wrong team. It was the Giants that took him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're probably going to try and arm Danny Dimes as much as possible now that they've got Kenny uh, Galladay. And, of course, they've got, um, you know, Fingers due to be back as well. Sakan Barkley. Um, Evan Ingram. Dar- Evan Ingram, Shepherd. Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, of course. So, Yeah. Um, they're looking to make moves in the NFC East. The Giants are. Um, what are you saying? You know what? This is one of those picks where you might think, oh my God, what are you playing at Giants? But next year, the Giants are going to have two picks in each of the first, I think, six rounds. And they're going to have seven of the 110, 120 picks. Giants are going to have seven picks. So next year, they're going to you know, bolst up that team and 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 make it even better. Yeah, they 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 their their offense potentially could could do some damage. I want to see how that all fits. I want to see how Danny Dimes, now that he's got something akin to picks and options, Kadarius Tony. I think you had him at twenty. I think that's a good pick for them. He was one of the kind of top wide receivers going in this. Uh, draft and it was one of those where he fell onto their laps at 20 so yeah it's a it's a good pick all right so that there goes our evaluation for the first draft of the 2021 uh, nfl uh draft of course looking out with our uh mock drafts as well um not bad a little bit all over the place but i think that was with a lot of uh, Mark Dross, and of course, we look forward to see what these players do with the training and the off season. Uh, have they even announced? Have they even announced um, preseason and OTAs? I think they have. Have they? I know that the season comes out um, on the twelfth, so um, look out for that. The season schedule and everything will be on the twelfth. Maybe that's when. Preseason will be solidified on whether it is or isn't happening or not. Um, 
And there we go. So, with that being said, with the draft, we're going to go with the gradings of our teams. And um, I'm going to let you start with the Falcons on the grades that you give um, for the Falcons and why, and just generally anything, everything about where you stand okay. with your team. So... I'm going to give my team a B plus simply because we drafted the best uh, player in this draft, Kyle Pitts. I think it's one of those where that's, you know, full, full stop, we drafted the best player. And I could have been happy with the draft and, and not pick anybody else. I can, I can so why B plus then? Why not A? Because some of the other picks... I mean, you know, you, I, I'm looking at some of their kind of records. I'm looking at Drew Dolman in round four. We drafted a center last year, so I didn't really get that pick. Um, Jeremiah, oh, what's his name for uh, the one that Cleveland picked? Uh, Cleveland Browns. Oh, what? Jeremiah Owusu. Jeremiah Owusu. Owusu Karo. Coroma, sorry, sorry, I said your name wrong. He was there for the longest. I thought we should have picked him for a start. Even even when we did uh, move, um, did we give up a spot to Denver so that they could get Javon to Denver? I know we moved. In oh the wait, round. oh yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, in the second round, yeah, you did. Yeah, you gave I don't know who we moved with exactly. I can't remember. You moved, was, yeah, uh... you moved with Broncos. Broncos yeah, then so... came up and they took Devonta Williams. That's what I'm talking about. They saw the number one running back, according to Pro Football Focus, was still available to be picked after. Najee Harris and Travis Etienne were both gone in the uh, to Steelers and the Jags, respectively. So they thought, "Damn, maybe we need a running back." After having Melvin Gordon, who's always run for a thousand yeah, yards last year. Yeah, we need another running back. Yeah, you need a tandem: Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Come on, you know Arizona had Chase Edmonds and uh, Kenyon Drake. So you know, we all we all need a running back tandem. You can't just go with Melvin so why do Gordon. We, why do we need? Why do my, Why do Miami need an edge rusher then? If we've got Andrew Van Ginkel and we've got Xavier Howard. I don't know. Why <laughs> exactly? <laughs> but look, look, Denver shot their shot and made a deal with us, and, we ended up getting a, and we ended up getting a, a sixth round pick. And what yeah. did we do with that sixth round pick? We drafted a wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, how do you know what they could be used for, bro? They could be put in special teams to be a punt returner. You don't know. That's Who? how they. What Javon the Phillips? Receiver that, the the, the right oh, receiver oh, that you Darby. got. Frank Darby. Is that his name? Yeah, Frank Darby. Yeah, but but honestly, like, uh, yeah, I I gave it that because I thought maybe there were a couple of players that we could have picked up. We've got two cornerbacks. Darren Hall from San Diego State and Avery Williams from Boise State. I think they were kind of seen as maybe value picks in that in that position. We did get a an edge rusher, Ade Dekumbo Ogunjedi from uh, Notre Dame, 
And uh, another defensive player, Taquan Graham from Texas. He's kind of got a good report. But um, maybe, I don't know, he might he wasn't necessarily good enough to go in the earlier rounds. But um, no, I, I, I think B-plus because of Kyle Pitts and because of how sensible we've been with everything. I think we've picked up uh, a couple of quarterbacks on on the market. We got a running back I think as well on the market. So uh, all in all, I'm I'm really satisfied with what we've done and I think we potentially may have a team that at the very least can compete in the NFC South. I think while we had a good draft, I don't think the Saints had a particularly good draft. I don't even know what the hell they were picking a fourth round guy in the first round. I had to like do a double take. I'm like, who? Who? I mean, I watched a lot of niggas on tape. I, I ain't never heard of this guy. I mean, I, 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 I gotta look at that again. Peyton Turner? Who? Who? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with what we've got. B plus, I will take tough, that tough, to uh, best bank. player in the draft. And you, you would have been happy either way, and yet Pro a B plus gave us a B. That's tough grading. That's very tough. So before you go on your Miami rant, would you like to know what Pro Football Focus graded Miami Dolphins? Yeah, go ahead. I don't mean it doesn't Pro make a difference Focus, to me because they're not reliable. Pro Football Focus gave the Miami Dolphins a B plus. Okay. Ooh. Ooh, okay. <laughs> a little uh, bit of respect has gone with pro football focus there with that with that grading. You know it okay. makes sense. Uh is it my turn? Yes, it's your turn. Okay. My turn. And I am about to unleash <laughs> right now in regards to the Talk Miami your shit, Ash. Dolphin. Talk your shit. <laughs> And I give Miami Dolphins draft this year a B. Just a B. I give them a B. Yeah? Just a B. Yeah, a B. B's good. What's wrong? What, yeah, what why do you say just a B then? Yeah, because it's no B plus or no B minus. I'm saying just a B. Just a straight up a B on its own. Um... And so looking back at the draft, you know, this is where I am with it. You know, we all message each other. We're in our football group and whatnot. And, you know, emotions are running high. You know, I get excited. I get upset. Then I sleep on it. I mull over it. And then I think, okay, this is where I am with it. You know, I see Ananis foaming at the mouth. NFL Network, ESPN. All of them coming out with Dolphins picks given as A or A+. Plus. And I'm like, what? So I'm very surprised that uh, PFF come out with B+. Plus. That's a little bit more down to earth. Uh, because in regards to A or uh, A+, plus, I'm not ready to make that leap yet. And it's mainly based on Waddle, Phillips, Eichenberg and Long. Um, so first of all, in regards to Waddle. Now, despite him not being high on my radar in the draft, I thought he was going to, you know, I thought he was going to the Eagles, let's be, be honest, uh, the original draft at number 12. 
But despite that, he's unquestionably clear that he's a playmaker. I'm excited about what he can bring to the offense. Um, a little on the short side of uh, 5'10", but when we have Will Fuller and Preston Williams or Devontae Parker on the outside, then that will help Waddle make plays on the inside. Um, he is your knockout player, all right? He isn't going to be doing all of these big plays consistently all the time, but he will have, you know, he's like a Mike Tyson, right, in the ring, right? You're just going to, the, the, the other player just has to have his, have his arms up defending himself because if he does hit you and he makes that knockout punch, you're going to feel it, right? And it's the same thing with Waddle, right? If you give him a chance, he's going to, boom, knock you out with some mad run you're not going to catch him and it's going to hurt, all right? And that is what Waddle is for us. So that's why I'm excited about, you know, we've already mentioned his stats. He's fast as hell. A lot of analysts are like making comparisons, saying he reminds them of a Tyreek Hill 2.0. I'm not going to go as far as that yet. We've not seen him make one snap yet. But if that's the case, then you got to give it to Miami. That's mad. You know, if we all knew what Tyreek Hill would be like preseason in the draft, how high would we take him? Yeah, would we take him at number six? Of course we would. We'd take him at number four, right, with Kyle Pitts. So to say uh, that we, you know, that that's the potential that he has, taking him at number six is a good pick. On the other hand, he does have a fractured ankle. He's coming off a major injury. Ankle injuries can be a death sentence for wide receivers, and in general, I, uh, I, you know, I just want to get away from injury-riddled players in the draft. You know, I had enough of that with Tua, and because of that, they were doubting Tua, and all analysts were like, "Oh, well, now is what all the guy do?" You know, and I just can't be asked with that. So, um, I want to get away from that. Then we go to eighteen, and we don't take Niji Harris. We take Edge Rusher. Jalen Phillips. Now, um, I get it. You know, I get it. Chris Greer is big on BPA, best player available. I have no idea what his score sheet looks like. I don't, you know, in the war room, I'm imagining it would, you know, if I was assuming that number six, he's got the choice of the best wide receiver, he, he takes Waddle. At 18, he's got the best chance to take the best running back or edge, then he would go with the latter. Why? Because one, edge rusher is just a more valuable position than running back in the sense that it is much more difficult to get an elite edge rusher than it is to get an elite running back. Um, you know, you were able to find an elite running back in the second or even third round. With an edge rusher, that is not as easy to get. Um, and two, if it wasn't for the concussion that Jalen Phillips had in his career, he probably would have been top 15 pick easily, whereas Najee Harris, being as healthy as he is, is still at number 18. So they're looking at it thinking, well, actually, really, technically, he is a number 15 one, and we're getting him at 18. Why right? get get Jalen Phillips? Look, how, look what he was like um, in college. So I get it. I get it on that logic alone. However, here's my problem. And I mentioned it before. All right. 
If Najee Harris becomes the next Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, even Nick Chubb, even Nick Chubb, right? If he is a top five running back in the NFL, when he stays there for the next four to five seasons, and knowing from his track record in college, that's the potential that he could be, then I don't like the selection that we had for Jalen Phillips from this standpoint. Why? Because RPO is the heartbeat of the Dolphins' offense. The, do- the heartbeat of the Alabama offense is what made Tua who he was. Because Tua hasn't an explosive arm. He is accurate. This is why we make the, we make the comparisons with him and Drew Brees, right? So, um, with that being said, heartbeat, RPO is the heartbeat of the Dolphins' offense. Tua needs to improve, obviously, but he needs to have a good RPO offense and an explosive RB, an explosive running back is crucial for an explosive RPO offense. And and Najee Harris could have been that explosive running back. And what... Okay, go ahead. Do you think the Steelers then, because the Steelers, obviously they traded James Connors to Arizona Cardinals, so they've got a hole in running back. If you know, Miami had their heart set on Najee Harris. Do you think the Steelers would have traded up with Miami to get Najee Harris, their man? Because I knew it, it, it was pretty obvious. No, because they would have done that, Miami... wouldn't they? They would have take, they would have undercutters and take Najee Harris. Yeah, I'm saying that would they have moved up with you or any team within the kind of like 14, 15, 16, 17, who may potentially be looking at a running back. So maybe Arizona, maybe Dolphins. Do you think then the Steelers would have moved up to get Najee Harris? Yeah, but they if would. They have. thought if they thought if they thought, oh hey, maybe Miami are you know interested in. They think just in case, just in case you know. Oh, like you're Chicago thinking did. why they didn't? Yeah, why well, didn't no, they do no that? I'm saying I'm saying Steelers. Would you have entertained a trade with the Steelers if they said, look, here's what we're offering. We want that number seventeen spot. All right, okay. If they, oh, if they actually did that. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have liked it because I would have been worried now that because Pitt Pitts I told I said that in our in our WhatsApp. I said Pitts have historically gotten players that we want. So if they asked us for a trade, I would have hated it because I would have known exactly what would have happened. They're going for Najee Harris. Don't do it, Miami Dolphins. So whether they would have done it or not, because it seems like they were after Jalen Phillips anyway. Um, who knows? Because obviously, but, if the Pittsburgh had a, a look at, you know, any of the NFL websites and looked at Miami's needs, they probably would have seen Miami's needs running back. And maybe Pittsburgh were thinking, oh, crap, we need Najee Harris. Do you think Miami are going to go for him? And maybe they had a word with Miami and Miami said, you know what? Yeah, don't worry. We're good. We're, 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 we're going defense with this pick. And if you look at 18, 19, 20, all the way to the Steelers, nobody in that sort of list really needed a running back. And so it kind of fell onto the Steelers' lap perfectly. And It did, because we just didn't go for him. Um, and, yeah. Would, would, I, would we have entertained it? I would like to hope that we wouldn't. But why didn't they go and even try and push their luck and entertain it? I have no idea. 
I don't know if Miami has spoken to Pitts and said, yeah, we're not. I just don't see that happening with the history that we've had with Pitts, Pittsburgh in the draft. But um, who knows? I think Miami are talking to everybody. Fact is, is that, no, we're not. No, we're, the most, we're one of the most secretive teams. What are you talking about? We're not secretive. I'm talking about in terms of like negotiations. Like, uh, negotiations and negotiations, possibly. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe that is. I mean, none of that has come from the grapevine, so we can safely assume that that just didn't happen. But I, I would imagine that if they did, then you know how we are with hustling. Then we'll be like, okay, cough up. You know what we're like. Yeah, and, yeah. And Steelers like, ah, you know what? No, we can't afford it. <laughs> so, um, we're yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and so, not selecting him at eighteen. And selecting Javante Williams in, and not selecting Javante Williams in the second round either, has really left an excuse as to why this offense remains being flat. Put it short, taking a G. Harris would have completed the offense, but getting Jalen Phillips hasn't necessarily completed the defense. That is my problem with um, taking Jalen Phillips instead of Najee Harris. Uh, additionally, adding a uh, rushing, you know, you know, adding a you know a pass rusher wasn't something we wholly struggled with at Miami last season. We forced fumbled what four five games in a row. Well, that was lot. ridiculous. You that guys is were on a crazy run in impossibly defense. impossibly great. So why we thought we needed to add to that um, and focus on something we're good at and ignore the gaping hole in our offense, which was the running back, still baffles me to this day. And nobody will ever make any sense of it. Um, Again, do you think Miami should have been aggressive? Because there were rumours, like, from the second round. The well, not really, because he did, he, did, he did sit at our lap, but we didn't take him. So we didn't need to be aggressive, because he was there, and we said, nah, we'll take Jalen Phillips. No but, no, but, no, but I'm saying in terms of the second round, Denver moved up. Ah, the second round. The second yeah, round. The, I'm saying, yeah, the second round. There was activity. There was scope because obviously there's still some really, really good players still on the table. So it was yeah. one of those where... If we was about, if we was further down, I would, I would, if, you know, if we was eight or ten, possibly. But what where, where, where we were, man? I know, but, but I'm saying like, yeah, but I, if, if you're thinking where Denver, Denver were aggressive. They thought, damn, we're going to take this 32 spot and we're going to take a running back. And the thing is, we looked at what Falcons would do. And when we saw that Yo didn't take Javante Williams, we were like, okay, fine. What else is there? Who else? Who the hell needs a, a running back right at this moment that needs to fit themselves in? Never did we think that Broncos, out of all people, who've got Mel Melvin Gordon needs to go and get a running well, back. Well, Denver Broncos came to the Falcons' door and said... Ding dong, hello. Exactly, which was again. You should have done that. Uh, no, nah, I just didn't think we needed to. What? Give us a six-round pick. It we didn't need to. Fine. We, just, it we didn't need fine. to. We just didn't need to. Well, you could have. You could have. Matt had Jones, your pick. Patriots, Patriots saw what was on, saw the moves that we're making, and think we didn't need to. We don't need to do any of that. We know that Matt Jones will leave just because of the history of not the history sorry just because of the needs of the teams and who they're going for 
Why why give up why give yeah, up something that's already gonna fall for your lap anyway? So that's what Miami saw. So we're looking at the needs of the things, we 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 don't need to do that. Um, so I don't I don't I don't really no 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 you don't go with that you don't just give up picks for the sake of it just because of a hypothetical of who may be coming out then I don't think do they gave every... up a great deal to move up to thirty two that's my point I really don't think it was a lot I think it may have been one seven rounder one sixth rounder it was not a great deal it was a nothing kind of trade it was like okay you want it fine yeah but who who who. What did you get for next year, right? 20, 2022? I have no idea, but it wasn't. What a did great you get deal. it for? Yeah. I just I just I just don't think. Um it wasn't it was it wasn't even on my radar. Trade up. It wasn't in my radar. Um at all. But whatever traded the case. second and sixth round selections overall to Denver in exchange for second and fourth round selections. So that's what that's what it took. And we right, had okay. an extra second round pick, I believe, or an, mm-hmm. an extra pick. So it wasn't it wasn't a great deal, really. It wasn't. Yeah. Did um yeah, it wasn't a great deal. Did we? But again, this is this is me assuming that this is who they wanted. Um, what the safety yeah. guy, Jevin Holland? Um, ju- uh, ju- no, I'm talking about in the second round. Yeah, second round saying, Miami picked. Javon yeah, yeah, Holland, yeah. Safety yeah, yeah. That's right. But we we went for we um yeah. So th- that's the thing, right? Um we 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 just stuck there and, and took it. So whew, what can I say? Um Liam Eichenberg is a beast. I'm very excited to see what he can do. Um, I was very worried about not taking Pinay Sewell because, as I said, it's very easy to get an elite wide receiver, but not easy to get an elite uh, offensive tackle. But, um, I mean, I'm not saying that Liam Eikenberg is going to be anywhere like Pinay Sewell, but um, he's got impressive numbers, let's put it that way. And so I'm excited to see what he can do. And that's kind of cooled my nerves a little bit in regards to addressing that front. Um and it looks like we've got the whole Notre Dame O line now. So <laughs> go figure. But um yeah, you know, um look. The thing is, is I we we haven't we we haven't been this strategic in the have we been this strategic in the draft? No. We haven't been this strategic in the draft at all. Um we have been very more chess rather than checkers however i am i'm fearful that we're trying to be too trying to be too clever and just not getting the people that we that we're do you know what I mean oh no that's too obvious to get the running back how about we go for this way no just get the bloody running back right if something is there just get it um I don't want I don't want them trying to think that they're too clever and then eventually outsmarting themselves, which is something that I'm worried that we're doing. Um, you know, our O line, our D line, our running game still needs to improve. We can't bank on it saving Howard carrying the team to ten wins with eleven turnovers again. We just can't. 
We're still banking on a lot of our players, which includes quarterback, O-line, D-line, cornerback, safety, tight end, running back, right, and wide receiver to be better. If they get that development, they should be better, but it's no guarantee. And we should really be going for, you know, not everyone, but we should, you know, we should, we should have a mixture of it. We should have the playmakers who are just playmakers straight out of the bat. And we should have ones who are just developing. And we're not, we're just banking on people who are in the future that hopefully they should be better. And that's just too risky for me. Um, and so that's why I give it a, a B. Um, despite criticisms, um, you know, they killed BPA. Um, they landed their number one receiver, according to them. They landed their number one defensive end, according to them. Uh, their number one safety, according to them. Their number two um, tight end and offensive tackle, which they have, you know, they clearly uh, valued enough to trade up for. Uh, no clue what they were ranked on their board, but you know they gave up a 22, uh, 2022 third round pick to get him. So who knows? But yeah, that is where I am with it. Um, are we a better team? We've 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 put holes in it, but I don't know if we are a wholly better team. I I, I just can't say that until we see how Tua is in the next season. I think Tua is going to be better for the first season. You know, he would have learnt a lot. There's Jacoby Prissett there. He's experienced. So, look, he's going to be better for it. I think Miami kind of ran out of steam in the end, I think. And, you know, a little bit of luck with a couple of the results here and there. And you probably would have been playing the playoff game. So, I think, you know, take the positives from that. And you've kind of fixed them, you know, positions particularly wide receiver that was my number one thing obviously i'm not a miami dolphin fan you know that team better than i'll ever know it but when i used to see it from the outside looking in the number one thing i used to always think was they need someone who can catch the ball when it really really matters who can make plays when they have no right to be making plays and you guys did that in the draft jalen waddle is a great pick Defense wins championships, and you got a good one in Jalen Phillips. So, yeah, the later round picks are the later round picks, and you know who knows if they're gonna sign on to. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, round seven. No, think, no think, one's I expecting think, anything from yeah. round seven because it's just. I know, I know the Colts tied down Queeti Pay already. Yeah. Anyone gonna wait for night? But um, yeah, it's. I think you guys did okay, and I think both of our teams should be reasonably satisfied with our picks and see now there's the thing how, how i said the best team win when the falcons do play the dolphins well here's the thing and and this is what i said i have we got significantly better after the draft i don't know i don't i don't know if we'll make the play i think we'll probably i think we'll probably 10 10 win we're probably just about a 10 win if you win 10 games again you're going to make the playoffs that's well we didn't this playoff that's a that was a freak though that's an anomaly that, how we you didn't, didn't make the playoffs so I mean, it's not guaranteed. If we need to make 10, more than 10. 99 times out of 100, if you win 10 games, you're going to make the playoffs. Well, 17 the games one, a season. The I mean, one time out of 100. Yeah, 10, 11 games should do it. Really and truly, I think you should, if should you do. win. If, you, if you're in double digits for wins, 
then you're going to make the playoffs. There's no way what happened last year is going to happen this this year again. It it can't. It's it's wow. it's an anomaly. It's no way. Are you are, are you are you confident that Falcons are much better off after the draft? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Absolutely. That's good. At the very least, carpets will be an upgrade on Hayden Hurst. I like yeah. Hayden Hurst. Nice guy, but come the end of next season, we're going to shake hands. We're going to say thank you very much. But uh, wish you all the best in your future endeavours. Yeah, which kind of reminds me of Hunter Lung as well, which I forgot to mention you know, while we took the tight end because, you know, uh, Gaziki, you know, he's, he does. He's good. He makes plays, but he's very one-dimensional. We, we know that. Right? He can't block. And his season is coming up as well. So I don't know whether whether they will um, go away from him or whether they'll franchise tag him. I don't know. But this is the reason why we've got another tight end in a draft. One thing I'll say about the tight ends is how low down was George Kittle in the draft? Yeah. I don't think he made it into the set first, second or third round even. No, he didn't. He didn't. Obviously, famously, yeah. Shannon Sharp as well. If you go way back. 199th. He was 199. Yeah, pick. so it's one of those where you're looking at some of these later round picks, like, don't dismiss them. Really don't. Because you just you just never know. If someone's yeah, no. pissed Absolutely. off enough, if they're bitter enough, if they're, how the hell can you pick me there? I'll show you. I ain't ready for no NFL. I'll show you. So, Hunter Long. We, you know, we all know Tom Brady's um, sits That's round. another famous example. Yeah, so, um, but, you know, look, and that's why, and that's why I give respect to Miles Gaskin, you know, because who knows, right, with the running back that we got, he could be another one, right? Miles Gaskin was the sixth most productive player in the league. And he's a seventh round pick. So... You know, and he earned his spot as well. He's good, man. He's earned his spot. I like Miles Gaskin. But again, even with him being who he was, it still the, the offense still wasn't what it was because it wasn't completed. So who knows? Would we take a uh would we would we take a veteran running back? Maybe. I mean, obviously now with um training underway and OTAs if it happens, and of course we all know that injuries may happen and take place and they're going to look at their final 53. They may take a veteran running back and and, and see from there. Who knows? Right, you got wrestling news for us. Yes, I do. Um, one of the big ones was Daniel Bryan and his okay. uh, contract expired after his match with Roman Reigns on SmackDown. Obviously, if Daniel Bryan lost, then he would have to disappear from SmackDown forever. And yeah, lo and behold, it turned out that that was yeah, he's out. He run out of time. He's he's out of contract. He's currently now a, a free agent. So it's crazy, uh, it's a, an interesting development. So, what do you think Daniel Bryan's going to do? Do you think he's going to stay, or do you think he's going to? Maybe. I think he'll stay, but I think he'll be on a reduced contract. I think he still wants to be with his family. Um, and, you know, he's got a good gig there. Vince loves him. Um, Vince gives him a lot of creative freedom. And I just don't see him going somewhere else where he's got it. You know, he's one of the favourites, right? He's got a lot pretty... He's got a pretty sweet gig in WWE as opposed to others. So, um, 
I see him resigning the contract, but um, not on to the extent that he is uh, now. I think he'll be a reduced contract. Um, but, you know, and the time will tell. Um, I would have said the same if there wasn't AEW. I think he did an interesting interview with BT Sport after WrestleMania. And he was just talking about, obviously, look, he's saying it's a great honor to be in the WrestleMania main event. They had a very, very good match. It was a really good match. But I think what he was kind of intimating was, I don't know, like maybe I've kind of been there and done it sort of thing. And yeah, I don't know. Like, Which is true, he has. At it, he's been there, he's done it all. He's a Grand Slam champion. <clears throat> I think he still wants to wrestle. And, you know, it's not to say that he can't do it in WWE. He does. He still Absolutely says. not. You know, he can go to NXT and he can have some incredible matches with people there. He can have a match with Finn Balor, Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole, Karrion Cross, Walter, Champa, Timothy Thatcher. You know, the, the, the list will be endless. But I don't know. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm advising Daniel Bryan, and I would be telling him, if you think you can still bang for another year or two, I would maybe tell him to get out of there. Go really? wrestle. Yes. Go Dude, be mate. American Dragon, Brian Danielson. He AEW will pay a fortune for him. If I'm Tony He's Khan, ma- I'm going hard in the paint for Daniel Bryan as we speak. It might not work. He might think, you know what? I got a good thing in WWE. I just don't see him. I just yeah, he has. Dude, main event WrestleMania. Like, uh, yeah, he's got a good And he didn't need to. He literally didn't need to. Obviously, yeah, he's got two young kids. He's got a baby boy. He's got um, little birdie. Obviously, he wants to be with his family. But I'm, but I'm thinking, look, if I'm Tony Khan, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it anyway, simply because of who it is. Oh, yeah, I don't blame Tony simply Khan for making him. because of who he is. And, and, and he should be. But I would give him Daniel Bryan to contract. decide it. Yeah, but I don't I, know if Daniel Bryan, because he was talking know. about how. Because you know, and the thing. Daniel Bryan, like, about. Tony Khan has to do it because you have to make moves. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's Bryan, he's Bryan. Yeah, you have to. But, um, and, and, I, and I don't blame anyone for shooting their shot because standard, why wouldn't you? And, and, and you know, it might be a case where Daniel Bryan might be like, you know what? Thank you, Tony Khan. But. No thanks. And that could easily happen. I think it might be a case where he might end up re-signing with WWE, go to NXT, have some really, really good matches, and he could be content there. And WWE will still pay him a really good salary because they have to. The, the going rate dictates it. But For him, I'm I don't saying, know how much he's getting, but he's in the millions. I'm saying, I'm saying close to seven figures. Has to be. In, in, in today's... How much did they pay Edge? Just to keep him away from AEW. And dude only shows up like once every three months. You know? It's one of those where WWE are like, yeah, we can't have you going to AEW. No chance. Here's, here's you know, three million. Like, there there you go. And I think and I think that's what WWE will do. And if I'm AEW, I will match whatever WWE are matching. And he can go there to AEW. I don't AEW. think they have that money that they yeah, still they need to establish themselves. To have yeah, that they money. do. Really? They've got, they've got money for Brian Danielson. For Brian Danielson, yeah, they've got the money and then some. Hell, Ring of Honor probably have the money for Brian Danielson and then some. Like, considering what they paid for Mighty Skull, and it turned out to be a pretty expensive mistake, everybody's got <laughs> yeah. the money. 
turned out yeah. to be an expensive mistake, but everybody's got the money. Everybody's got the money. It's not a case of, oh, I'm going to, you know, kind of be a bit thrifty and, and save my money. If Brian Danielson is a free agent in the market, and I'm telling him, you could have matches with Kenny Omega. You can have matches with John Moxley. You can have matches with um, Eddie Kingston. You could even have a deal where with John Moxley, he can go to Japan. Can you imagine Daniel Bryan in the G1 against Okada, against Jay White, against uh, Will Ospreay, against Shingo Takagi, against uh, Tanahashi? Because obviously John Moxley's deal is I can go and fight people in, in you know, uh, New Japan. He's the New Japan US champion. He's going to be fighting... Um... Damn it, I forgot the name. But he's, you know, defending the IWGP US title. And obviously with this whole Forbidden Door deal... The the, the 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 opportunities for him to go and wrestle here, there, and everywhere is 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 endless. The options are going to be absolutely endless for him. But what I'm saying to Daniel Bryan is, make the best decision for your family, and get paid as much as you humanly can. If that's WWE, if they're the ones who are giving you that option, stay with WWE. You you don't really have to rock the boat. I think when AJ Styles' contract had run out, there was rumours, oh, maybe AJ Styles is going to go off with um, the Elite and he's going to go off with the Young Bucks. He's old friends in AEW. But AJ Styles, I think, kind of looked at it and thought, yeah, I'm like 41, 42. Uh, I can't be uprooting. You know what I mean? I, I've got a pretty sweet deal here. Like, thanks, guys. And I know I think AEW did match what, a, what WWE were paying. But I think AJ Styles made the decision and thought, yeah, I'm going to stay here. I've got a good thing with WWE. And it's not even a case of schedules anymore. Because you remember WWE used to have the you know, four-day week schedule where the, you know you do Raw, house show, house show, house show, maybe get a, a day or two off, weekend, house show, house show, then it's Raw, SmackDown, blah, 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 loop, loop, loop. Now it's a case of everybody's doing the same schedule. You're doing your show, you're going home. You're going home. Obviously, in the future, it might change. But yeah, Daniel Bryan, for me, I think he should go. But ultimately, I want him to do what's best for him and his family. And if that's WWE, then you don't, I, I ain't going to complain. You know what I mean? Eva Marie has, uh, is going to be making a comeback to WWE. They uh, aired a, a vignette on uh, Monday Night Raw. I think this kind of t- ties in with the second topic. You look at the women that uh, they had released. So Chelsea Green, Mickey Jane, the Iconics. And even last year, they released Ty Conti, who is a big star in AEW. They released Serena Deeb, who's currently the NWA World Women's World Champion. They released Deanna Parazzo, who's the Impact Women's Champion. And at Triple Mania, the big AAA show, she's got the opportunity to be a double champ. So they're releasing all of these women and they're bringing in Eva Marie. And it kind of makes me think, who is head of talent relations again? And then I thought, yep, Mr. Divas era himself, Johnny Ace, funk man, John Laurinaitis. So what do you think about Eva Marie's uh, return? Mm, Ridiculous, ridiculous. It's just, no, no disrespect to her. We all got rid of the Iconics. But even I don't understand it. I just don't understand it. It's just ridiculous. 
And I'm not even the biggest Iconics fan, but they were smashing at the time. I mean, you split them up and they still made it work. I mean, Especially Billy Kay. So, I don't get why get they it, released Billy Kay. Like, because she, she got WWE She was actively, humor. yeah, yeah. She WWE humour. She, she got WWE humour. Yeah, yeah. She, she was did. hilarious and she was fine. Remember we were talking about how good she was at WrestleMania? Yeah, yeah, she was. And she then, got WWE you know, humour. Boom. They release her. They release uh, Peyton Royce. They, they release Mickey James. Send her stuff in a trash bag. Chelsea Green is another one who I think is really, really good. And, I, you know, good looking, easy on the eye. She's got a good look. She's, you know, I would have thought they would have done something with her, but obviously not. And they bring back Eva Marie. And she was the kind of person who, you know, there's heat where, you know, people are booing you. Boo, boo. Like Shawn Michaels in Montreal. That's like heel heat. But what even Marie used to get was go away heat. Like you are you are not good at this. You're crap. You're you are you are taking TV time off somebody. But you know what? Like I've kind of reached the stage with WWE where I emotionally I'm not that invested anymore. So a couple of years ago, I would have been fuming by this. I would have been like, what the hell are they playing at? This is ridiculous. Blah 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 blah. But you know what? You guys want to bring Eva Marie in? Let's see. Play, 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 play with the with your women's wrestlers and bring bring back the divas era. And you're gonna see people walking out of that door yeah. quicker than. Oh, they can't do that. They'll be they'll be gone. They'll but be... You, yeah, I don't even think like... Stephanie. I don't even think Stephanie would allow that though. I mean, let's give credit where you know Stephanie was very much more involved in evolution and trying to get women's wrestling to. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Her and Triple H, like they yeah. NXT was primarily built. So that people like Paige can come through, so that people like Charlotte yeah, can come yeah, through, yeah. Becky, Sasha, Bailey, the four horsewomen. So I just it. don't see that happening. Like the diva thing coming back, I just. All right, but you know this is you know I'm looking at it. You got Alexa Bliss, who is dressed up as a little schoolgirl, straddling Randy Orton in a pin. Squared you've got in Eva, <laughs> You've got you got you've got what do you call it? Eva Marina back. Obviously, there's still Mandy Rose. I don't know if I don't know if if Corey Graves is still like fetishizing Mandy Rose the way he used to, but uh, you know what? The fact that they've brought Eva Marie back. Why is Tom not on commentaries? I just want to hear Corey go, "Shut up, Tom! It's Eva Marie! Shut up, Tom!" That used to be like my favorite thing in NXT. Shut up, Tom! Eva Marie's here. But um, yeah, and uh, a couple of notes from uh, NXT. So uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott and uh, Leon Ruff had a false count anywhere match. I thought this was outstanding. Absolutely magnificent match. Like Isaiah Swerve Scott is money. Y'all need to wake up WWE and realize what you got with him. Leon Ruff, he's still a bit, you know, excuse the pun, rough around the edges, but he's still really, really good. This was an excellent match. It looks like Isaiah Swerve Scott has got a faction. I just all love black him. faction. I love him. Man. I love I when he love just ca- so caught Leon Ruff and he's like, you must be out your damn man. Yeah. And just dropped him on the floor. I, I love him AJ so much. Tracy. You know what he looks like? He looked like AJ the nigga Tracy. that played... He, that's, you know who he looked like? He looked like the nigga that played Suge Knight in Straight Outta Compton. <laughs> he looked yeah, like yeah, the yeah, nigga yeah. that played Suge Knight in Straight Outta Compton. But you know what? All black faction. I think Ashanti the Adonis was the other one. I don't know who the the girl was, 
but an all black faction <laughs> sign me up yeah well we know what happened to that right look what happened to the hurt business so let's like get too excited yeah but uh, that shit will be wrapped up real quick. booking Triple H is booking, so yeah. you know how Triple H likes these long winded ass matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look how yeah, undisputed yeah. era lasted. Yeah. They only broke up the other week, so uh Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. the other thing about NXT, I think the Raquel Gonzalez and um Mercedes Martinez are gonna have a title match next week. Um Kushida and um Phantasmo Phantasma's gonna have a match next no Santos Escobar, that's it. They're going to have a title match next week. And uh, you know what? I actually like how they're booking Karrion Cross as champion so far. I think he's 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 grown into the role. I think his promos are getting better. He looks like a star. It's obvious that they they think he's a star. So they're going to, like, you know, push him as, as far as they can. And the other thing I would say was obviously Cameron Grimes with uh, Ted DiBiase and uh, the whole... You know, Ted DiBiase showing him up because he has a little bit more money. Again, that's all pretty much uh, some cute stuff. Adnan Verk on commentary. I mean, oh. where the hell did they find this fool from? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, I, you know what? I got to give it to, to WWE. Three hours. I didn't think they could make anything any more painful. And they have, because that commentary is just absolutely dog shit. Seriously, I don't know. I think, is he just, what is going on? I really don't. Corey Graves can't be happy with with him. He must be well, pissed off. Because the problem is, Adnan Verk knows nothing about wrestling. So he can't be a play-by-play guy. And he's brought in to be a play-by-play guy. <laughs> Look what he's done. Oh, yeah. Like, I think, I think Vince is telling him to go, oh, and no. Oh! He's doing a wrestling maneuver of some hold. Like, shoot. <laughs> Here the comes nigga... the Strowman train. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, bring the nigga Coachman back. No. <laughs> All is forgiven. Coach, All is forgiven. Coach, Coach is gold compared to this guy. Oh, my God. He, oh, my oh, God. Man. Bring Shit. coach back. I want to hear. I want to hear my word of the hour again. Oh, you know, man. shoot. It's the commentary was just unbelievably bad, and it's like, yeah, Corey. It's like get Corey or Byron to lead. It might not be great, but why did they get rid of Tom Phillips again for for this guy? I know, I know yeah. Tom broke COVID. You know, whatever. But yeah, but he was just a good. He was just a much better. I like yeah. Tom Phillips personally, anyway. I've yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Tom Phillips and Vic Joseph are actually pretty good yeah, at their yeah. job. Like I've got yeah. no, no problem with them. Yeah. But then you know, you got Mauro Ranallo, who you guys had and treated like shit, and rightfully so. He walked. He left. So. Yeah. Also, did you see? Um, this is a while back. Albert Breer, you know NFL right? Albert Breer. Yeah. He was talking about WrestleMania, and you know some of the things that he said. Albert Breer. Albert Bree, yeah. he's an NFL writer. Yeah. He's, he's an NFL journalist. And what he said was, one of the tweets was, I just watched my first steel cage match in like 25 years. And I think they're saying this jacked dude just scored a win for all people who've ever been called stupid before. <laughs> 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 oh. 
And here's another one that he tweeted. Here's another one. You'll like this one. What's up with all the weird camera angles and zooms in wrestling now? I'm confused. (laughs) Ridiculous. You see it? Even people that have no stake. That aren't that aren't it in the wrestling, they can just come in and just take the piss. And it makes you think like Braun Strowman really did say that. This is for this all, is for the, all people. the people. Not every people. And it's the most corniest shit ever, bro. <laughs> the most corniest shit. What, what did I say, man? What did I say uh, in the last episode? Yeah. I said I don't yeah. I really don't give a shit about your story, man. Just figuring wrap it up. Wrap, yeah. Wrap. It just reminded me of that Dave Chappelle show uh segment. Was like wrap it up, wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but those the, those two tweets that made me laugh so much. And it's like, yeah, they really did do that. That's why I'm shaking my head because anyone can come in and take the piss, and can clearly and can be comfortably get away with it because what can we yeah. say? To them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're right. It was dumb. That really happened. This is for everybody. Uh, what are you doing? This isn't no fucking, uh, you know, soft afternoon special. This is WrestleMania, man. In a cage match. Just fight the Blackheart man and done. Oh, God. You know what? I was in a much better mood before you even mentioned that. <laughs> Don't just remind me of that. It just pissed me <laughs> off again. No, but yeah, Albert Breer tweeted that. And he's like, probably, you know what? That was the opportunity to, you know, bring casuals <laughs> and bring, you know, people to the product. WrestleMania, the biggest show. And that's, yeah, what the biggest takeaway from Albert Breer was. That you that you booked the storyline is the big guy going, I've won a match for all the people who've been called stupid. And my eyes hurt because of the million camera angles. Yeah, good job, WWE. Good job. Kenny Omega is now world champion in three different promotions. So he's the uh, AAA heavyweight champion, the AEW heavyweight champion, and he beat Rich Swan to win the TNA heavyweight title and the Impact World Champion. Um, the match that those two had was really, really good. They had Moro Ronaldo on commentary, and that made it even better. God, I've missed hearing his hip-hop references and his voice. You can't spell Omega without OMG, Mama Mia. I, I've 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 missed that, yeah. And um, what 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 hip hop reference did he make? Oh my god! Um, ah, he made a he made a really like relevant hip hop message, and it's just like I miss it so much. Every time he's in takeover, he'd be like, "Well, if you don't know, now you know." Spread love is the Brooklyn way. Welcome to NXT Takeover Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. I miss all of that bigger, so much. Bigger references, right? Yeah, but I used to love that. And he made a really good one in the um, the Impact match. But no, it was an excellent match. Yeah, You know, if you if you'd have told Rich Swan when he was doing the whole dancing in uh, 205 Live that he would be, you know, in a pretty big interpromotional match facing Kenny Omega... And he probably would not have believed it, but here we are. I'm not really sure where Impact fit into this uh, situationship slash entanglement they're having with AEW. It seems like AEW are kind of getting the 
they're getting the rewards out of it, but I'm not really seeing what Impact are kind of getting, other than the fact that people are talking about Impact Wrestling. For the yeah, first time, like, publicity. Publicity, that's all they need, because yeah. what else have they got? Well, Steiner Math and Jay Lethal and Ric Flair. They're like the only two things that I will ever care about in Impact Wrestling. Oh, and the uh, the triple threat match that uh, AJ Starr, Samojo, and Kurt Angle. Those are the three things that I care about <laughs> when I think about TNA. And um, yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, it was a, it was a good match. It was good for Rich Swan, but yeah, let's see what this uh, situation ship leads to. And finally, Blood and Guts. Was Samara Joe yesterday. as well. You mentioned Samara Joe. Oh my god, he's another free agent, oh. dude. If I'm Tony Khan. Yeah. I'm making calls. Just ridiculous. Y'all had this nigga in a, in a, in a raincoat looking like a, a prick. Poncho. And then you just cut bait. But I do think it's one of those where WWE... And his theme tune smacked. Every time he came down the ring. That's CF4S is one of the CF4S's yeah. best. Yeah, that was one of his best. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? He Joe, needs to be a baby Joe, face coming out with Joe, that tune. Joe, I thought Joe, you guys got to take him as no, a Yeah, heel. you have to switch him up. Yeah, you have to switch him up. I'm like head. bopping my head thinking, He's... this guy's a baby face with that music? Are you thinking about uh, Roman's new music? Has it grown on you? <sighs> Do you know what? Like The music and the melody of it is nice. <laughs> it's a nice yeah, piece yeah, of music. Yeah. I can listen to it. But it, it doesn't slap, though. It's like I'm something thinking, I'd have in the background. Yeah, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't purposely rain. put it on. I'm needing yeah. something like... It needs like, to be a bit more grimier, right? More can't, you, can't you all find a Samoan nigga to like, you know, spit a quick 16? Oh. Quick... That's what I said. He, he needs to have some rapping but on you it. you know what, right? If it was it CFOS, it. if it was yeah. CFOS, they yeah, would have yeah, got would Cody be. Beware or JD yeah. Williams to do a quick yeah. 16 on that. On yeah. and, and done a thing. But like, Def Rebel, I think they're called... They, I mean, they've they've been very hit and miss. Is that the ones that are making the? They're making the music now. They're very hit and miss. Def Rebel, I think they're called. They're very hit and miss. So you've got the good. So Karrion Cross is very good. I like his theme. I like Dakota Kai's. I like Io Shirai's. That's about it. Not fun for Bailey's one. Don't really like Bailey's new one. Don't like Bailey's one. New Adam Cole one is absolutely dog shit. Kyle O'Reilly like some of the stuff that the producers is like. New one is not good. I love these old one. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know what's going on. It's like they're really just using garage band just to do all of this shit and this. Yeah, they need to upgrade. But no, yeah. yeah. As I was saying, Blood and Guts was yesterday. I thought it was a very very good show. Obviously, the main event was the uh, well, it's War Games, but. Obviously, they don't have the rights to war games, so they decided to call it Blood and Guts. So it was the Inner Circle versus the Pinnacle. And obviously, the big spot at the end was Jericho being pushed off the uh, the cage and falling onto what looked like cardboard. Um, a lot of people were talking about this spot going, oh my God, why is he falling on cardboard? Why is he falling on cardboard? No, 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 no. Do you lo- not remember... Just a few months ago, when Matt Hardy smacked his head on concrete, like he could have died. Matt Hardy could have died. You kidding me? Talking about Jericho fall on um, concrete, but what I thought was daft was the camera angle and Excalibur on commentary going, "Oh, the floor is made of steel. The floor is made of steel." 
You don't need to tell people the floor is made of steel. You don't need to. Sh you can show it from a different angle as well of him falling. But the way he fell, it kind of gave up the ghost. But I'm not mad that he fell on that. You have to be as safe as humanly possible. Padding is normal in wrestling. Shane McMahon has fallen on hundreds of stuff made of padding. I think, did you see what Shotzi Blackheart tweeted? She posted a gif of like someone falling onto a bed. <laughs> Shit. Obviously, it's a joke. And then you have AEW fans in there. Yeah, but you know, that's got to be, yeah, exactly. Going, it's just... <laughs> What's, what's, it's a joke, but I don't know if it, I don't think it should. I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't know if that was, was a responsible thing to do. Because it's a joke. Hey, yeah, and how, WWE all the time. And 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 Twitter. Twitter has been the bed hub of um, clear, um, non unambiguous jokes, and no one taking anything out of context. Come on, man, it's Twitter. I know, but the, the thing was like it was a laugh. And you had like AW fans working themselves into a shoot, getting into their feelings. And I think somebody actually posted a video of when um, Chris Jericho was host of Tough Enough and Darcy <laughs> Blackheart was one of the contestants. And you know, yeah. at the end, where you have to go, why, why do you want to stay? And obviously, Shotzi, she cuts a brilliant promo going, I'm going to be really good. I'm ballsy. And all of that stuff that she does, and obviously Chris Jericho's like, yeah, okay, and he's like, oh, it's obviously not up to me, but you're staying and you're going, and so the pretty girl had to go home instead of Shotzi Blackheart, and people are thinking, oh my god, Shotzi Blackheart remembered that moment. Like, I don't know about that. It was, yeah, I think, I mean, I think that level of petty would be that level too of much. pettiness. Yeah, I don't think. She's I mean, I aspire to it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I mean, am. I'm I mad at it. it. Yeah, I am mad at I'm, it. I'm, you're petty I'm yeah, I'm petty. I I I can only marvel at that pettiness oh, and wish enough. to be like that sometime in the future. But I don't think she is like that. I don't think it will be as good as when Stone Cold was with um, Ariana or Cameron, and when obviously he's like, "Oh, what's your favorite match in WWE history?" And she's like, "Uh, Melina versus Alicia Fox," and Stone Cold's like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. Of all the matches you don't pick, you won't pick that one. What? <laughs> She's like, yeah. But it's my favorite, and and it's so funny because obviously Stone Cold's like, you're clearly not good enough for this. Like you're not, and he's like, you know, get out of here, kind of thing. And and she, you know, she said, I'm gonna be on TV. I'm gonna be on Raw. And literally, right a few months later, somebody call my mama. Hey, she was on Raw. Call my mama. <laughs> Yes, she, ain't she lied. It. She didn't lie. She made it on TV and she's dancing with Vince McMahon. Somebody call my mama. Hey, somebody call my mama. Oh, those were the. I was gonna say good old days, but obviously not. But no, um, and obviously the end was um, MJF. He and his team win, and he's on top of the cage screaming "Thank you" to Chris Jericho. Other thing that was really good, I think Cody Rhodes and QT Marshall, that was a really, really good match. And it ended with uh, Anthony Agogo. You remember him? He's, um, yeah, he's part of QT Marshall's uh, faction. And he laid out Cody Rhodes with a rib punch and put the Union Jack flag over him. I tell you what, though, with Anthony Agogo, I'm impressed. I think there's something there with him. 
I think he looks the part. He's got a good look. He's, you know, size. He's, you know, good size, good look. If he can figure out the wrestling, this dude is going to be money. And he's going to be money very quickly. Like, he looks like a star. He carries himself like a star. Actually, when he's on the mic on promos, he sounds pretty damn good. So, um, yeah, those are the kind of um, the two matches that really, uh, really, really caught my eye from uh, Blood and Guts. And I think the whole show actually was, was, was really, really good. I'm loving the Young Bucks as a heel. Like, they are just taking the absolute piss. And it is so funny. They're, like, literally liberally wearing, like, ridiculous clothing. They're, do- they're doing the absolute most, even though they don't have to. And it's it's really, really, really fun to watch. I think Don Callis as well deserves a mention. I think he's one of the best managers in the business right now. Some of the promos he was cutting for the Impact show were incredible. And, yeah, so that's uh, that's all I've got for wrestling news. All right, so let's go with NFL news. Um, last another thing. The first, of course, is with Aaron Rodgers and his dispute with Green Bay front office. Now, I mentioned this, and I'm just going to put this, I mentioned this as a point of topic. And Abs says that this is a non-story. And I said, everyone's talking about it. Everyone is talking about it. Of course, to his argument, they have to talk about it because what else are you going to talk about? But I knew that this was deeper than that. Like, he is not happy. Rogers is not happy. He didn't think he was going to go this far. Yeah, this is a big thing. What are you talking about? But did you think it would go to this level? Yeah. As soon as they drafted drafted Jordan Love, I knew he was not going to get to this. Dude doesn't speak to his own parents, fam. Do you know how petty this geezer is? Yeah? So when it comes to... uh, the escalation of Green Bay and and Aaron Rodgers is only a matter of time. And what has happened now is that, um, well, according to reports, is that he's told teammates to not expect him to be back, um, that uh, they still haven't restructured his contract, um, that uh, he, he, he says that he's Jerry Krause to his... He calls one of the people in the front office, Jerry, uh, Jerry Krause, um, as a joke, saying that he's breaking up the team. And just generally, um, he, he just wants out. Um, so, yeah, this is where it is now. Uh, Brett Favre says, knowing how petty <laughs> that uh, he is, uh, says that I don't think it's salvageable and I think he's going to basically dig into his heels. And uh, and he's just gonna have to go. One of them's gonna have to go. Either one of them from the front office. Um, I re- I forget the guy who he wants to go, um, or it's gonna be Rogers. If I was Green Bay, I would make it obviously the guy at the front office, the GM. But you know, again, there's too many um, chefs in the kitchen, right? Uh, too many cowboys. Uh, and this is what happens when you have a team that doesn't have an owner. So, um, yeah, what are your thoughts about it with how they've treated Rodgers or how Rodgers have been behaving, allegedly? <clears throat> okay, so, yes, you're right. I didn't think this was much of a news story, and I didn't think it would escalate to this level. 
I always kind of thought that Aaron Rodgers would be satisfied in kind of saying, you know what, I'm going to let my 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 football do all the talking. And to some extent, he did that. He's the league MVP. What more? I mean, the only thing that can top that is obviously going to the Super Bowl. But obviously, he basically had an open end zone at third down, and he didn't run. And obviously, the fourth down, the ball was taken off his hand. And obviously, he's like, I didn't make that decision. And then obviously, I'm looking at that thinking, maybe maybe there's something not right. Because obviously, if it's fourth down and you're not giving the ball to Aaron Rodgers, what the hell are you doing? Like, are you crazy? This is Aaron Rodgers. You give him the ball at fourth down, but someone made a decision not to give him the ball. And Field goal. <laughs> yeah. When you, when you needed six points at the very least. But um, yeah, and over over the summer, obviously, when you're not around each other, there's scope for this kind of stuff to happen, where people, where one person's going to start talking, the other person's start talking, and it's almost like a wildfire. It's almost like how COVID spreads, when one person gets it, and then it's like everyone's got it, and it's like it's kind of spread to the point of where it's on the brink. I still think Green Bay are going to think. In terms of like trading Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay are going to demand a hefty, hefty price for Aaron Rodgers. And as they should. And obviously, apart from Mahomes, Brady, and maybe Josh Allen, he will be an upgrade on every team. In the NFL, apart from the three that I just said, he'll be he would be an upgrade. Of course, he would. He's he's one of the best quarterbacks ever. So yeah, I, I think he's looking at the the situation and looking at it, and thinking, oh, yeah, get me out of here. But uh, I want to go to a, a place where I'm going to be appreciated, where I'm going to be paid the money, where you know people are going to listen to me. Because look, you know, you know the Bucks listen to Tom Brady. You know the Chiefs listen to Mahomes because Mahomes was like, look, I done got my ass beat in this Super Bowl. You know, how about it, Chiefs? What do they do? Orlando Brown. Right there you go. One of the best OTs. They didn't even need to draft. Shoot. There you go. Have our pick, Baltimore. Do what you need to do. Give us that guy. Boom. They, they, they've got Mahomes a new O-line to protect him. Josh Allen, I don't know if he's got the big contract yet, but I think he's going to get it very, very soon. I think he's probably the one up there who could really threaten the really, really good ones. But yeah, if you're looking at teams like Broncos, the Broncos, I just think they're the, the, the a good fit for Aaron Rodgers in terms of what they're trying to do in the draft, picking all of the really, really good players that they picked. I wouldn't trade him to an NFC team if I'm Green Bay. It's going to be strictly AFC. Yeah, they'll be dumb if they did that. But look, the thing is, is who is in the right? And I think, can can Aaron Rodgers be petty? Yeah, most likely. But like, they have just haven't, Green Bay haven't been doing, dealing with it correctly at all, right? Restructuring the, con- he's been asked to restructure the contract. You're saying he's your guy, he's your guy. Then you go and get Jordan Love. You don't even tell him you go get Jordan Love. You know, it's been reported that Chicago rang, Andy Dalton and said, by the way, we're just going to take Justin Fields. Andy Dalton. They let, they let Andy Dalton know. You should have gone to the airport to pick him up. 
about telling tell Andy Dalton. You're just here for a year. Don't worry about who called they're Trey Lance. And Jimmy G called Trey Lance. And they let Jimmy G know, undoubtedly, that they're going to take Trey Lance. But they didn't tell Aaron Rodgers that they were going to take Jordan Love. Are you mad? That's just... It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah? Regardless, and it's not about whether, oh, but he'll be pissed off anyway. Yeah. Look, your, your job isn't to change the feelings of someone. Your job is at least just to do your due diligence and to just give, show some respect, right? If he still is upset, if he's still up in his feelings after you've done what you've done, fair enough, Aaron, get over it. But the fact that you didn't do it means now you haven't got a leg to stand on when he does act like this because you just didn't help him out, all right? And then you had other things like, um, you know, Packers, you know, he, he was going on about Jake Kamuro, who was a, a, a wide receiver. He was an amazing but he was someone that, you know, had a lot of, uh, you know, a rapport with, a relationship with. And, um, you know, he said in the press conference, yeah, you know, we've got Jake Camaro, you know, I'm going to be looking for a lot to this guy. And then front office just cut, cut him. And just cut him. And then Bill snapped him up, right? So, like, I think it was accumulation of so many things that as well as restructuring the contract because he's like, okay, you keep saying I'm your guy, then make me be your guy. That he's like, you know what? I'm just getting pissed off now I'm going. And, you know, it was the straw that uh, broke the camel's back, to be honest with you. So either they, you, Jordan Love is your guy and let Aaron go, or... He is, or Aaron Rodgers is your guy, and you start treating him like a prick, and you restructure his contract. It's one or the other. But, you know, if the restructure of the contract isn't done, then I just don't see Aaron Rodgers staying. I just don't see him staying. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of reached the point with Aaron Rodgers where I think you've got to now cut the cord. You've got Jordan Love. If you think he's ready, if you you drafted him, didn't you? You, you drafted him. Up. You moved up two spots to draft yeah, him. Yeah, so, so, so play him now. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, call their bluff. At the very least, say, look, get get rid of me. And you know what? You you got your little Jordan Love. There you go. He's been re- he's he's been holding the clipboard for me for a year. He's good enough. Play him then and let me go. But you know the one thing I want to talk about, and it does pertain to Aaron Rodgers. And obviously, I've not been an NFL fan for a very 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 long time. And you know, being an NFL fan, I've had to kind of learn you know, the whole culture of American sports and, and, and the whole idea of American sports and, and what it takes to win and what it takes to be a champion. There was a thing I saw, right, on um, ESPN First Take. And it had all of these teams where it said, oh, Aaron Rodgers can join these teams and he's going to make them amazing, right? And... I don't deny that Aaron Rodgers would make any of those teams amazing and he would be amazing for those teams. But I saw, I think, Miami Dolphins on that list. I saw the Giants on that list. I think I even saw the Browns on that list. Like, you guys have quarterbacks. You guys have spent a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of research, a lot went into... Miami picking Tua. A lot went into the Browns picking Baker Mayfield as number one. Yeah, maybe 
the the Giants may have had um, initially they may have had buyer's remorse with Daniel Jones because um, who did the Washington pick that they wanted? Dwayne Haskins. Maybe they were thinking, oh, maybe we should have gone with Dwayne Haskins than Daniel Jones. But like Daniel Jones is starting to grow into the role. Tua, it's like it's like you know how um, some of the owners of uh, the Premier League clubs try to set up a Super League try to set up a, a whole thing where we're just going to have all of the money. We're going to have all of the players in the world. Like, we don't really care about sentiment. We don't really care about what you've built. We don't really care about who who you've drafted and who you've not. And maybe it's me. Maybe I'm not, you know, that entwined with American sports because, like, obviously Aaron Rodgers is much better than Matt Ryan as a quarterback. Much, much better. And if he was in our team tomorrow, we would be the absolute favourites. But why would I go out of my way to upset someone that I have spent a lot of time and, and, and money investing in just so that I can have that one high of winning a championship? Um, Businessman, I mean, look what we're going to go into, Bobby McCain. Bobby McCain did everything that he was asked and they're still cutting. NFL is a cold world, man. NFL is a cold world. Uh, however, my position is this, <clears throat> and it may surprise you, but if I, I, I don't want Aaron Rodgers out the Dolphins, I want, I would, I would stick with Tua. And you're like, well, what happened with Watson? But this is a completely different thing because um, Tua, what? Aaron Rodgers has got at least, what, a good five years maybe? At that six years, if we say that he goes to where Brady goes to a 42, then he's got a, like what six years where Watson had was established after two years and he still had really relatively fresh season, a whole like decade ahead of him. So, first of all, there's more years with that. Also, um, we didn't have the draft, so obviously. Of course, in light of what's happening now with Watson, we're not going to go with Watson because obviously what's happening, and that's a good decision to do, stick with Tua. We've drafted the players for Tua. It now no, it makes no sense after drafting the players specifically to fit around Tua to then go, actually, we're going to get rid of you two and then let's go and get Aaron Rodgers. It's just absolutely stupid. So I'd rather not go with Aaron Rodgers. I'd rather stick with Tua. Let's go with Jalen Phillips. Let's go with Waddle. Let's go with who we go with and um, put our money where our, our, our mouse is. Yeah, because, you know, um, Miami Dolphins has been a team that has been looking for short-term solutions for the last two decades now. I'd rather just let the, the pot boil and let it yeah, simmer that's, that's and just cook. Normal sports and let's teams say, tend think, to do. You kind um, of pick who you think is the best for you and whether it's right, whether it's wrong, whether you win, whether you lose. Now I think Miami Dolphins has gone overboard with that. And I said it earlier <laughs> with everyone, we're looking to see what they're going to be like later on. I think that is the wrong approach. You should get, you should get playmakers now and then you should get some who you want to build up, but they've got nearly everyone who they want to build up. Except for Will Fuller. In, in NBA. That's ridiculous. Having, um, Kyrie, having Kevin Durant, having James Hardy, Blake Griffin, etc. Like having an overloaded team like that. I think Golden State did it with um, Kevin Durant when Steph Curry and Clay when 
and the Hampton Court Five, they they were known as. I mean, I'm a Warriors fan, so I wasn't complaining when we was eating right with the Hampton Hampton Court Five. But it's one of those where I kind of want it to be not not necessarily like a, a level playing field. There's always going to be the really good and the be the really bad. The bad is whatever. It's normal. But I don't know this whole yeah, and with the pasty in a league of NFL, you can't you can't ask for more because they no they and, do. and and look, I understand that you know there is this whole idea, like you said, the NFL is a cold world. American sports, you know, they 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 celebrate the winners and they denigrate the losers to to such a a high extent. And you know, maybe I maybe I need to get used to that kind of idea, where like the Falcons might think, you know what, we're gonna get that guy who's the superpower. Instead of the guy who we might, you know... Like I said, on. it's a bit of balance. I think some teams have seen it and they go, wow. Uh, but, you know, even, you know, I love chicken and I love Oreos and I love milk and I love barbecue sauce. It doesn't mean that you go all together. Do you know what I mean? So, um, you like, not everything that is great because they're great individually will work together. Um, sometimes it pays off. A lot of time it doesn't. Um, I think there has to be a balance. And that's why I said first with Miami, we haven't got that balance. We're just banking on everyone just eventually fulfilling that role, which isn't good. I think there should be a balance of both. Bring some in, cultivate them, nurture them, but have some of the veterans there that I guide them on the way. Um, um, with, With Watson, I was like, okay, well, let's be open to that. But with uh, with um, with Rogers, I'm not like that because again, it depends on circumstances, it depends on context, and that's why I said about balance. Um, but yeah, stick with two. Uh, Brian, Brian Flores, right? He's he. I want to see how well he is as a coach as well. A, a, a bit of that is part of it, right? We had our third offensive coach in three years. Fourth O line coach in three years. Now let's see what you can do. Do you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, no, because I just um, saw those teams it. and it just kind of caught my eye. And I'm like, it's just, why, it's why just, on it's earth just, would the Browns be looking for a quarterback? Yeah, they wouldn't. Baker wouldn't. Mayfield's really about it's just, it's just, really it's just analysts, it's just um, sports analysts just talking for the sake of talking. But, but I don't know, there is some, some sometimes it is a case of. Yeah, there is scope to this. Like, if if those teams are thinking, yeah, I want a, I want a, I want a Super Bowl and I want it right now. Like the Bucks, for example, they looked at it and thought, I want a Super, I want a Super Bowl. Yeah, but, Super Bowl right now. But are 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 the Browns, for example, are they a quarterback away from a Super Bowl? No, they're not. So just because you've got Aaron Rodgers, it doesn't necessarily. But obviously, there is still question marks over Baker Mayfield, and I think this season's going to be the litmus test for him. I don't know because you I mean need he's to got show to show and prove. Yeah, he got they've to got the to playoff, a playoff and he won but, a playoff game. So I think that's done it. Baker. When the Chiefs had Mahomes down and you didn't go for the kill, Baker. Players is a whole different. Players is a whole different ball game. Can't compare playoffs to regular season. And so we would say that he probably shot the bed. We we, we would say no. I agree. We, I agree. We would say he probably shot the bed, but. It's the playoffs, and for the first for his first time in the playoffs, maybe there's an excuse for him to shut the. Obviously, if Mahomes is on the pitch, then the Browns probably don't have a chance in hell. But I think there was one score down, and 
Baker was on the ball. This is your time. It may not have gone as the way it planned, but you got to show me that little bit of devil, Baker. Like you got to show me something. You got Odell Beckham coming back. You've got a brilliant defense. You got <clears throat> a pretty damn good O line. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, running back core. You need to show me something next season, Baker. Really, you need to show me something. It's reached that point now for me. For, him, for me. But if you want to see that, you're going to have to... They're not going to franchise tag him. They're going to have to extend the fifth-year option, aren't they? So They need to pay him, then, or let him go. Yeah, I think they will. I think they will. Because Josh Allen, he showed me something last year. Yeah. Josh Allen came to the party. Like, he showed me. But how long did that take for him? Do you know what I mean? He so. made it to the championship game. In fairness, what it was? Are they are they both, are they both from the same draft class? Who? Baker and Josh Allen. They could be. Baker went number one. Yeah, but uh, Josh Allen's taken what three years to get to that point, right? The first and second year he was trash. So, and then I think it's three or four years. So maybe so, this is going to be the breakthrough season for maybe Baker, maybe maybe. maybe. So um, I think it, I think that. it has to be. I think I think if the Browns do it right enough, they could be favourites for to, for the Super Bowl. There could be a Super Bowl run in there for the Browns if they do it right. I think they've yeah. I think they've been excellent I think in the, the draft. The teams to look out for best. teams to look out for is the Browns, Cardinals, not the Broncos. No. Until they saw, <laughs> until they, unless they get Rogers, and Rogers actually does move apart there and goes to Broncos, and yeah, sure, but they ain't going nowhere with Drew Luck. Oh, or Ted Bridgewater. Fred, he's he's a good quarterback, but he's not a playoff quarterback. Um, do you know what I mean? He's a good babysitter, but you don't want him as your parent. All right, so it's one of those things. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah, there's, I would say Browns, definitely Browns and Cardinals there to watch out for. Um, absolutely. Right. Uh, Bobby McCain released from Dolphins. So, um, captain and starting safety Bobby McCain was released from the Dolphins, um, which was again, cold world. Uh, I mean, the writing was on the, on the wall when we drafted Javon Holland in the second round. Um, and then Brian Flores was like just effusive with praise, just gushing out. Brian Flores never does that ever. So, uh, you know, once he said that he had a role for him, <laughs> it was most likely Bobby McCain's spot. Bobby McCain's making around 7 million as well last year. So, um, you know, that's probably got something to do with it as well. So, you know, he's a talented player, boundaries, safety, he can do it all. But it's one of those things where if it's a lot of money and we can get someone to, you know, replace, then that's kind of the, the thing. Whether I agree with it, I don't think so, because I don't think we can just keep depending on rookies. Uh, even rookies that took off last year to then, and who, and who haven't proven anything, to now just go... And go, do you know what I mean? We just can't. You have to show something first before we say, okay, you now deserve to take over his mantle. And that's not happened from Jermaine Holland. So I think it's just silly to do that. But here it is. We are where we are. 
Um, you know, he was a great leader on the defense. And I think this is probably why now going on to the third part of NFL news, why we made this decision to now bring on Jason McCoy as he signed with the Dolphins. Um, because he will really be that leadership that is desperately needed um, on the defense after cutting McCain. Now, McCain was that one who was setting the, the plays up, getting people into their spots. McCarty probably will be the person now to do that, but he will obviously have to be assimilated into the team. Um, am I happy about it? I mean, we're a young team. I said that, but I say that we do need a balance. Um, I don't, I, I, initially I wasn't happy about it and it has left a slight bit of taste in my mouth, but, um, you know, it is what it is. Um, last but not least is Tim Tebow looking to become a tight end for the Jaguars. So, uh, really is it for the grapevine that I've, of course, after Tim Tebow left uh, baseball, he has now decided that he would be willing to take up a tight end position at the Jaguars, and Urban Meyer is seriously entertaining the thought with uh, Tony Khan. Um, Tony Khan? That's not his name. Shahid Khan. I'm, going, I'm thinking about his son. Shahid Khan. Um, saying on a radio sh- a radio station going, yeah, you know, maybe this could, you know, Urban Meyer saying this could be it. So maybe we'll, we will do that. Um, I've, he hasn't played a snap as tight end before. So I have really no idea what the hell's going on. You've got people who have been training for this position their whole lives. And then Tim Tebow's like, hey, yeah, let me just come in and rock up just because he can't hack not being a professional player. He didn't make it as quarterback. Rightly or wrongly, you could say he wasn't given an opportunity, but that's how it is. He's gone to uh, baseball. He didn't make it there. Now he wants to come in, be a tight end for a position when he hasn't been one before. Although he was offered an opportunity before and he said no. So there we go. Take it as you will. And now he wants to become a tight end. Look, he just needs to leave it. He's had his chance. Just right off in the sunset, Tebow. But, you know. He's going to want to make it happen. Let's see. What do you think? Yeah. Um, I don't... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good luck to him. He's not good enough to be a tight end in the NFL now, then, or forever. So, yeah, whatever. Keep it moving. Yeah. And there we have it in regards to our draft special for third and one fall. Um, that is really it from us. Uh, in regards to pay-per-views, maybe SummerSlam will do a uh, pay-per-view um, review, but really um, it probably will be until after that. The next time you see us being the regular season um, as well as um, other NFL updates. Can't wait. Uh, Yep, let's see what happens. Um, but until then, take care. Abs, anything from your side? Yeah, um, we're available wherever you get your podcast from. You can listen to this episode, or you can listen to previous episodes. And yeah, as Ash said, we'll probably be back later on in the summer. 
So uh, join us then and keep listening. And you can follow us on the socials. Details are on the episode details. So uh, look out for us then. And yeah, join us next time for another episode of Third and One Fall. Peace out.